you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where we broadcast live each and every weeknight. That's 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Global Star Radio Network. So proud to be a part of the Global Star Radio Network. Uh, we're also simulcast, of course, on Blog Talk Radio, BTR. And you can catch us live and in color on our official YouTube channel. Folks, just go to hagmanandhagman.com. And right there, you'll you'll find each and every venue in on which we broadcast. And HagmanReport.com. That's our news information show prep site. HagmanReport.com. Bookmark both sites, and um, uh, th- there you'll be up and ready for every show that we have. So, um, oh, there you there you have it. And also, I've been uh, uh, if you go to CanadaFreePress.com, folks, you'll find. In addition to HagmanReport.com, you'll find the function, conversational function, the comment function enabled at CanadaFreePress.com. Plus, they've got a, a wide array of wonderful uh, uh, guest columnists, columnists, and uh, at CanadaFreePress.com. Want to say hello to uh, you folks in Canada. Hello to uh, editor Judy McLeod for being such a great uh, editor. In, in, in uh, Canada Free Press is a great website. So, HagmanReport.com for news, information, analysis, show prep. HagmanandHagman.com for show information and to watch the show and to listen to the show. And uh, there you have it. Bookmark both. And, of course, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm with fellow investigator and my son, Joe Hagman. We are something I, I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight. It's just us. Just us. Not to be confused with justice hmm. we have a lot to talk about about these issues uh about the issue of justice indeed but joe welcome and it's uh it's great to have you here now next week you're going to be off 
folks. Next week, Joe is going to uh, he's going to undergo some some minor, relatively minor surgery. I, I laugh when people say minor surgery because surgery in general is not minor anyway. But going to uh, be put under. Yeah, I, I offered to do it with a pillow, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, yeah, Wednesday morning, eight forty-five is when I when I yeah, go in. Yeah, and they said it shouldn't be too bad time-wise, uh, half hour to an hour. And I'll be out of there by noon, one o'clock, hopefully. Yeah. All goes well. Yeah. And it's going to be good. I mean, next week, it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, Friday we have in studio coach Dave Dovemeyer. Yes. Be coming here and taking the plunge, coming to the Hagman and Hagman, uh, base camp, if you will. The bunker. Yeah. The bunker. And, uh, I, I won't be, I won't be on, on the show Wednesday or Thursday, but I will be, uh, in studio audience on Friday when Coach Dave comes. That's right. That's a good thing. You know, I mean, um, all yeah. in all, you, you, you're going to be fine. PTSalt.com is Coach Dave's website, and uh, he'll be our second in-studio guest. Folks, if you want to see uh, Jack Cashel, the author of TWA Flight 800, that video is in the archive section on uh, our YouTube channel. You can find it there you know it's it's really interesting joe i got a lot of blowback from that article i wrote and uh about jack cashel's book by the way uh, that book is going to be available on tuesday on amazon uh jack cashel twa 800 the crash the uh cover-up and conspiracy it's a fantastic book i read the entire book and he, uh, it's very well documented. And one thing I noticed, Joe, about, and, and the, the 20th anniversary is coming up here in uh, three weeks. But one thing I noticed about writing about TWA 800, people don't think it's relevant to today, um, but it is because we have the Clinton criminal cabal still running things. But the blowback that I got and I can't imagine what Jack Cashel has received. I haven't talked to him recently um, since the article was posted. But the animus toward the truth is beyond anything I've ever seen. And, and that 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 is um, that's something. I, I you know you're over the target. I believe when you you start getting flack like we are getting and and you can you can read and again read and comment at canonfreepress.com now it's it's um down it's aged down quite quite a bit but it's it was a pretty popular piece yeah deconstructing the lie of yeah. TWA flight 800 actually we got the uh, article right here but it's but it's, it's uh, important yeah the article is great i have not read the book for um, uh, Jack Cashel's book yet, but I do have it on my computer. And when I am down, I have about five books I plan on reading. That's right. While I'm down, you're going to be reading a lot. <clears throat> yeah, and um, that's going to be one of the advantages of being down is being able to step back, take a break, and get in and gain a new perspective on things <clears throat> that's one advantage of, of 
you know, downtime and or uh, in any capacity. Uh, of course, so it's a hard way. It's going to be a little. It's going to be a little painful, but um, you know, I've had my my times of trouble and uh, sitting in in jail when I was younger as a, a very stupid young adult, and I I read a lot then, and uh, not comparing what what I'm doing next week to jail, but when well, you have the opportunity. Uh, for to have the time like that uh where you have no obligations no responsibilities except to recover from the surgery uh, i think it's just awesome cuz it'll let you it lets your mind go in a million different directions and and uh reanalyzing things <clears throat> but if there's anything i'm looking forward to it's not the time off <clears throat> it's not the surgery it is uh the opportunity I'll have for with the time, uh, yeah, because there's so much going on in the world. We cover news on a day-to-day basis, and, and you know we cover in-depth news, and um, a lot of times the the level of research does not come across on air. You know, we can, I can do two, three hours of research on a story, and we talk about it for five minutes, but. No, and th- this is another thing. If you notice to my right and Joe's left, you see monitors up here. One thing we are incorporating now, and this is because of your help and, and, and your your kind and generous assistance uh, to us to grow. We are now, I mean, we're, we're, this is more interactive. I mean, yeah. you might think, okay, this is just, anyone can put a, a monitor on top of a desk. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's discombobulated but, today because of me. And, and get this, I'm the one who got a college credit when I got my associate's degree, specifically on PowerPoint. Yeah, okay. And I can't yeah, use what it. What does that say, right? I, I mean, right about maybe an hour before the show, we talked about, uh, setting this up and and as you can see my dad has his powerpoint running i have uh and will be displaying articles that we're talking about news yeah i um Eric will also be learning wrong. powerpoint uh this weekend and hopefully uh it's going to be great once once we get the ball rolling with this because it'll add a whole nother dimension to our show uh, as far as information is concerned and uh the visual the visuals that it will help uh, incorporate into the information right and we'll be on the same page and what we're working toward as well to bring a, a truly interactive program is to be able to have guests that appear if they can't appear in studio certainly they can appear on the monitor so you mm-hmm. can th- there will be a, a an interaction so we're coming into the 21st century now. And again, all of this, when you think about it, well, why don't you just use this or that? Well, there's a lot of things going on behind, yeah, what you can't see is, is Eric the tech at this spaceship-like desk mm-hmm. turning the knobs. And then there's, there's this whole, uh, whatever, I mean. And then we have three platforms. Intimidating have, equipment. Uh, you know, our main platform, uh, Global Star. Yep. radio network yep. we have youtube and then we have blog talk radio and when you need to you need to have the same feed going to all three well it's a little bit easier with audio much more difficult when it comes to bringing on guests visually that's right on our side that's right actually we need a special <coughs> uh, to build a special, a special tower uh, computer tower yeah. to do that 
And, and, and again, I want to thank everyone who's helped us. This is not a sales pitch or anything like that. This is a genuine thank you. Um, because what we are doing is slowly growing and slowly adding to the, our abilities. And, and we attempt to be very good stewards with what, what we have been given. And that always, you know, that always scares me. If I can, if I can, uh, just make an admission here, that, that does concern me and scare, scares me because we don't want to squander any of our, I mean, what we have, we want to put to the best use possible. So there's a lot of prayer and a lot of thought that goes into that, but it's because of you folks who have supported us over the years that we're able to do this. And I, and I was talking to Eric right before the, before the show and, and, um, I do see, I, I do see us growing in a, to, to a point where, um, this will be all second nature, and you're going to see some amazing things happen here. You're going to see some amazing improvements, and I think we've we've done a pretty good job here over the last year, year and a half, thanks to Eric, thanks to people like JD and Rhonda and others, everyone who who volunteered their time or uh, or, or jumped on board. You know, Eric, uh, of course, a, a big part of this, and I don't even know how he does it. He's got so many buttons and stuff, everything that's lit up back there. I don't even know what they do. <laughs> It's a very intimidating. Well, you should be though. reading. You should read the Mayday book. Yeah, yeah, we do have a manual. It's called the Mayday Manual, which um, it's, it's basically uh, in case Eric gets kidnapped, goes on vacation, <laughs> or just says, "Hey, heck with you guys." Yeah. Right? <laughs> but um, yeah, tonight's tonight's program is just gonna be Joe and I. It's just gonna be just just the two of us here, and of course you. Whether you're listening to us, watching us from your living room. From your patrol car, from your boat. Actually, I got an email from someone who says, "You know what? We actually are watching you. Uh, watch you from our our boat. Uh, that's that's pretty pretty nice." And uh, of course, we're we're talking to people all the way from Australia, New Zealand, Hawaii, um, Hong Kong, and all across the United States, worldwide. Thank you so much for the platform, and thank you so much for tuning in. Absolutely, right. we got a lot to talk yeah, about tonight. You know, one of the major stories in the news is the Loretta Lynch Bill Clinton meeting that took place on a uh, airstrip in Phoenix, Arizona, which was. I mean, there, there's a lot of questions here. Uh, Attorney Lynch met with <clears throat> former President Bill Clinton in Arizona. Now, no pictures, no phones were allowed. Uh, the press corps was was banned from any, taking any video, yeah. taking any any photographs, and they and they obeyed uh, the, their unconstitutional orders and demands that the FBI gave them. <clears throat> but what? I mean, they, <clears throat> Lynch came out and said they were talking about you know Bill Clinton's grandkids and uh, you know just minute in without, it's how important stuff. Stupid but do they think we are? Exactly. And my question is. <clears throat> Did they meet up to conspire, or did they meet up in order to conspire the continuation of the cover-up of the email scandal in Benghazi, or did they meet up to conspire to create some other event or distraction that will remove people from worrying about that? And Lynch also came out today and said (laughs) that she will likely 
recommend the investigators, or she will likely uh, back the investigators' recommendations on the Hillary Clinton email investigation. And it's being reported in many different ways. But her words, the way she said it, leaves a lot of room for interpretation. It's very broad. She may uh, recommend or may, you know. Well, yeah, even if Comey were to recommend, Comey being the head of the FBI, an indictment, Lynch has the ability to slow walk that indictment until after the conventions or after the election and like they did with the uh 27 months we right, have to wait right which and you pointed out something very interesting about the numerology aspect of the 27 months yeah the 27 if you the 27 months um state department is going to wait before releasing um clinton's foundation email her the emails related to the Clinton Foundation mm-hmm. now if you do the numerology I, and I read the article that would put the date of release about September 18th 2018 but if you just look at the 27 months 27 is 9 that's right. and then in 2018 is if you add that up that's 11 which could so be you nothing. have a 9 and 11 right which oh. could be nothing but it could also signal that in 27 months <laughs> There's going to be something else going on that it's not going to matter at all, what if it's released or not. Well, and that's what yeah. I thought. It was a Steve Quayle moment in the shower. <laughs> in the shower. In the shower. Honest to God's truth. I I always tease Steve about that, saying I don't take enough showers, or he spends too much time in the shower. <laughs> I'm not sure which, but but no. But, but yeah, you know about Lynch and about this story. People people think, well, this could be a distraction. I mean, it's no big deal, and and the minim- the attempt to minimize what happened is uh, amazing. But but here's what I would urge everyone to really pay attention to. And, and I, again, there are so many things taking place that it's difficult to triage these news items. But what I what I see in the in the larger sense, Joe, is a constitutional crisis in the making. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, and I, had, I mean, I, we're there already, but... Right. Uh, but I had the chance to talk with Steve Quilt this morning and or this afternoon, I, I don't know, sometime today, and we were talking was about... Was he in the shower? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, <clears throat> the, the thing about this is, uh, this is all part of a larger mosaic of, of, of things that are taking place. But here's the thing. Okay, we've got on the left, on the on the on the Democratic side, a, a candidate, and that's Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, running for the running for president. She's a presumptive nominee on the Democratic side, on the, the communist, socialist, Marxist, progressive side. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, well, let's, she's under we an FBI investigation. All right, go on. I just want to back up a sec because yeah. people. Uh, we're, we're so far removed from a constitutional republic that was set up as America was founded as a constitutional republic. <clears throat> the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution were put into effect in order to restrict the government right. from becoming the, overreaching, overbearing. Exactly. exactly. The limitations. And that has been reversed. Right. From the time of July 4th, 1776 until now. It, it, yeah, the the Constitution 
and the Bill of Rights was to restrict the, I mean, in part, was to restrict the government's overreach. Of course, it grants mm-hmm. the rights of the people. But, all right. But, but getting back to uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, Hillary the Witch Clinton, and I mean that literally in the form, in, in, in the manner that the, uh, of, of her. Summoning belief, Eleanor so, Roosevelt and. Well, that and, other and her monthly meetings, her alleged monthly meetings in California, monthly uh, trips to California. But, but with respect to Loretta Lynch and Hillary Clinton, the issue is larger than I think we are being led to believe. First of all, the the scandals are not scandals; they're crimes. Yep. And and the number of scandals, crimes, are are beyond anything that we have talked about. I mean, aside from the emails issue, the um, Benghazi situation, the Clinton Foundation. You've got to understand the Clinton Foundation is. In my personal and professional view, when I'm looking at this, there are a lot of offshoot shell companies where money is being, in my, again, based on my findings, I could be wrong, but it certainly looks like there's some money money laundering uh, going on here. Yeah, there is information that, um, and let me, let me pull this up so I but get it correct. As I'm going here, um, the the what I see taking place on the left is a potential constitutional crisis if they can slow walk any indictment until after the nomination process and or election. On the right, we have a very similar situation with Donald Trump and with um, with the establishment Republicans, including those who are jumping ship and saying, well, Trump is no good and we've got to get our guy in there. Folks, this is not this is not how the the system is. The system is breaking down right before our very eyes. And you know, every effect or every every attempt, I should say, to make what is taking place today appear normal in the mainstream media, or, or by the political pundits, and I'll even say, those people who are supposed to be social conservatives and political conservatives, whether they're on Fox News or independent. It is not working. It's not fooling the public. It's not fooling you because you know that things are not normal. So, but getting back to Lynch and Clinton, you've got, you've, you've got, and think of it this way. Judge Jeannie, uh, said it perfectly because Lynch is like a DA and Clinton, Bill, Bubba is a witness and or potential defendant in a criminal investigation. It doesn't matter if he's a witness or a potential defendant. You don't have a conversation with the prosecuting attorney, the DA, or in this case, the Department of Justice, Lynch. That doesn't happen. Even the people were talking about the appearance of impropriety. We are so, I mean, that's in our rear view mirror, the appearance of impropriety. Now, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I, I think what, I think, I think a, a bigger issue at play here is the Clinton Foundation. Because mm-hmm. I do suspect Hillary would, could, could, could accept being knocked out of the running for, for uh, the presidency, but to lose control of the Clinton Foundation, I don't think I don't think she wants that. 
Go ahead. The headline on, on Fox News. Clinton sought secret info on EU bailout plans as son-in-law's doomed hedge fund gambled on Greece. Now, this article goes on to talk about hedge fund manager Mark Mezvinsky. Okay, we'll go with that. Mark has friends in high places when he bet big on a Greek economic recovery. But even the keen interest of his mother-in-law, then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, wasn't enough to spare him and his investors from financial tragedy. In 2012, Mezvinsky, the husband of Chelsea Clinton, created a $325 million basket of offshore funds under the Eagle Vale Partners banner through a special arrangement with investment bank Goldman Sachs, of course. The funds have lost tens of millions of dollars, predicting that bailouts of the Greek banking system would pump up the value of the country's distressed bonds. One fund exclusively dedicated to Greek debt suffered near total losses. Clinton stepped down as Secretary of State in 2013 to run for president, but newly released emails from 2012 show she had show show she and Clinton Foundation consultant Sidney Blumenthal shared classified information about how German leadership viewed the prospects for a Greek bailout. Clinton also shared protected State Department information about Greek bonds with her husband at the same time that her son-in-law aimed his hedge fund at Greece. Talk about insider trading. So we're talking about the the monetization uh, of a disaster here. Yes. They go on to say that the uh, America's top diplomat kept a sharp eye on intelligence, assessing the chances of a bailout of the Greek central bank. However, sharing such sensitive information with friends and family would have been highly improper. Federal regulations prohibit the use of non-public information to further private interests or the interests of others. The mere perception of a conflict of interest is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Though its press representative, Eagle Vale, declined to comment for the story, Clinton's campaign's press office did not respond to a request for comment either. A former Goldman Sachs broker himself, um, Mezvisky, former Eagle Vale Management, with two ex-Goldman Sachs partners in October 2011, as a global macro firm, the strategy was to seek profit opportunities in political volatile situations. They set up several hedge funds in the Cayman Islands, a secretive tax haven with Goldman Sachs serving as Eagle Vale's prime broker and banker. And the story goes on from here. Um, it gets into the amount of money. I mean, there's donations made to uh, $5 million to the Clinton Foundation, 860000 to Hillary Clinton's political campaign. Mm-hmm. Shortly after Clinton resigned, Goldman Sachs also paid her about $700,000 in speaking fee. And the marriage between the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton criminal cabal in Goldman Sachs Bank is just about as evil and deep as it gets. That's right. And while we're on the subject of money, I mean, this is a whole, this opens up a whole new angle for investigators. Well, uh, let's not go off of Hillary Clinton in that meeting because it's interesting that there were no photographs allowed, no pictures allowed to be taken. 
It, no, at the meeting between uh, uh, Bill, Bill, and, and Lynch. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's beyond anything that I've. Yeah, there was a headline on Drudge that said Secret Service was livid. The FBI um, ordered journalists to put their cameras down to not take pictures or videos. And what did I mean? Why? What did they have to hide? Especially when Loretta Lynch comes out and says this was purely a social encounter. But I certainly wouldn't do it again. Yeah. Not, not, not funny, and and certainly not. Uh... And the connection between the timing of her coming out and sharing that she's going to go along with the recommendations of well, her team or yeah. the FBI's inquiry, and Hillary Clinton is now set to meet with the FBI over the weekend. Interesting timing on that too. When you look at the timing, where. Um, the interest level of the media would not be even close, given, right? Given the holiday, and and folks, I would urge. Speaking of this, this is kind of a side note. And we're going to be getting into this later. I would urge everyone to be extremely vigilant this week, this weekend, because I do believe we are going to see certain things happen, certain things take place this weekend that uh one thing you uh, won't see is fireworks in a lot of places well yeah yeah and we're gonna be getting into that more but but folks please be vigilant because the, the threat level um it, it, this weekend is extremely high and, and i i understand the false flags i understand that you know uh, the the powers want everyone to remain in a state of fear but i, I do believe from a Fundamentals Islamic or from an Islamic point of view, this weekend is important as well as as the Illuminati, the globalist point of view as well. A very significant weekend. Yeah. Do you know the uh, there was a report that came out today from the Washington Times? The U.S. accepts record number of Syrian refugees yep. in June, despite the terrorist. Um, yeah, well, you, you have terrorist screening worries. I mean, twenty three hundred transporting the the, the, the yeah through illegals. from Mexico to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. to the southern border. The U.S. accepted <laughs> more than twenty three hundred Syrian refugees in June alone, right? Sending the fiscal year total soaring past the five thousand mark and putting the government on track to surpass Obama's goal of ten thousand by the end of September, in which he also wants to ex- extend that uh, you know three four hundred percent. And by next year, mm-hmm. and what it, this article says is they are unscreened, unvetted, and we talked about this yesterday with Paul McGuire, and we've talked about it with many other guests, especially uh, Bill Warner. They, being the Syrian, uh, the ISIS fighters, the sleeper cells, right, have stated through the migration process they will invade the nations of the Western world to put their pieces in place to strike when needed. That's right. We see today there's been another terrorist attack. Four police officers killed and dozens of hostages as nine gunmen uh, take over a cafe in Bangladesh. For the last, what, three, four, for the last month, every week, there's been an ISIS terrorist attack that has grabbed major headlines that have been uh, very deadly from the, the Pulse nightclub to the... Uh, airport in Istanbul to now Bangladesh this week. And they say, ISIS says, it's coming to America. It's here. It's already here in America. 
And it goes on to say in this article about accepting the uh, the Syrian refugees. Of those accepted in June, more than 99% are Sunni Muslims. Just eight identified as Christians. So 2,300 refugees. Yep. Eight Christians. Well, we, we and we've talked about this before. So, anyway. Before, um, I, 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 we, we got to talk about too, uh, and this seems a little bit, uh, again, if it seems a little bit discombobulated and you're listening to this, what you're not seeing is the fact that we are trying to, to, uh, uh, the news articles and the stories we're trying to match them up with, with their, what's on our screens and such. And hey, sometimes we just, you know, this is uh, new to us. But again, we want to be a little bit more uh, focused. But folks, if you're if you're not paying attention, things can get by you. One, no one, virtually no one was paying attention. Kerry signed the UN gun ban treaty. Okay, now. I I did some research on this because yes. I saw this Let's also. Fire away with this because this has been reported uh, in 2013 and in 2015. Yes, that Kerry signed the UN uh, tri- uh, UN gun ban treaty. Right, and, but and, and we understand reported, that it's also being reported today. Yes, at NewYorkCityGuns.com. Yes, um, and, and a number of other sites are reporting. That while nobody was paying attention, Kerry signs UN gun ban. Right. No. Signed an anti-gun treaty with the United Nations that the U.S. Senate has um, not signed off on, has uh, does not want, and said they are against. Okay, and, and many people believe, as I do, any agreement such as this is not going to work out because who, who or how would they enforce it? All right. Now you've got statistically. 88 guns per 100 people here in the United States. That's the most cited statistic. Uh, I believe that's low. I believe that you have more than one gun per person here in the United States, but the official citations are 88.5 guns, I believe it is, for every person, or for every 100 people in the United States. Now, and going back to the UN gun ban treaty, now, We've heard this, as you pointed out. This is not new. The, the treaty that Kerry signed without authorization from the Senate would create this, this supposedly create this unconstitutional registry of all U.S. gun buyers. And, yeah. Okay. And the, it ultimately would lead the U.N. to control our gun rights. As well as a, allow the U.N. to a, a registration, uh, a list of those citizens that have permits for right. concealed carry or weapons. Now, we, we know that Kerry signed a document on Wednesday. We know that it was uh, related to the controversial U.N. treaty, arms treaty. What If he signed this in 2013 and 2015, or it was reported on, on those two two occasions, then what's different now? Okay, that's what, I guess that's what I'm asking because you had pointed this out, but but uh, <clears throat> but it was it, it's being reported widespread now that he signed this on Wednesday, and uh, this is about according to Kerry and about the people who are behind this. This is about keeping weapons out of the hands of terrorists and rogue actors, and uh, this is about reducing the risk of international transfers of conventional arms that are going to be used to carry out America's worst or the world's worst crimes. And, and more 
BS, where he says this is about keeping America safe, Americans safe, and keeping America strong, and so on. Now, the U.S. Senate has the final say on whether to approve the agreement. Corker, Senator Bob Corker from Tennessee, in a letter to Obama, had urged urged them not to take any action to implement the treaty without the consent of the Senate. There, and here's where I think the story exists: is yes, for a treaty constitutionally uh, to be enforced, it would have to be it have to have the full force of the Senate behind the treaty. Now, what the rumor mill has, and I'm not talking about the website, I'm talking about we know what the rumor is, is Obama wants to sidestep the legislative part and somehow enforce this gun registry or comply with this UN gun registry, which, frankly, and Corker feels the same way, the senator from Tennessee saying, don't take any action to implement this without the Senate's approval. Yeah, and this also uh, relates the gun story. In California, Governor Jerry Brown, in a move to enhance public safety, signs gun control proposal into law. Now, there's a one-page PDF I have right here. I can pull up the screen. Which shows the bills that he is signing into law as well as gives a short statement saying, My goal in signing these bills is to enhance public safety by tightening our existing laws in a responsible and focused manner while protecting the rights of law-abiding gun owners. Yeah, Brown today signed six gun control bills, including a requirement that ammunition purchasers, if you live in California and you want to buy ammo, you've got to undergo a background check. Now, Brown vetoed five other measures, but of the six, all right, he said his goal in signing these bills, again, it's for the safety of the public. Now, here's here's what, uh, oops, i got to turn turn that off. Here, here's what uh, 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 Brown had uh or here's what the governor or the bills that the governor signed are going to do the following. It's going to require number one. It's going to require an ID and background check to purchase ammo and create a new state database of ammunition owners. So if you go out to your sports store and buy a box of uh, uh, 22 shells, you're going to have to number one undergo a background check and number two, there's going to be your name's going to be on a list. It bans the possession. Of ammunition magazines that hold more than ten rounds. Mm-hmm. All right, that's important, it, and it restricts the loaning of guns without background checks to close family members. So, if you if you're out there in California and you and your dad want to go hunting, and, you, and, you, and your dad says, "Hey, can I borrow your twenty-two? No, ain't going to happen. Go ahead. The bill signed by Brown also include a ban on the sale of semi-automatic rifles equipped with so-called bullet buttons that allow the removal and replacement of magazines. Also, administrative officials said Friday that earlier the earlier version was so broad as to have expanded California's definition of an assault weapon. The bill he signed Friday, they said, was more precisely focused on the issue of how ammunition magazines are quickly (laughs) changed out. Military assault weapons have no place on our streets, is what um, one of the senators of California, uh, Mark Levin, <laughs> Assemblyman Mark Levin, Brown's office noted that uh, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom had qualified more expansive gun control measures for the November ballot. 
The governor took swift action today, and voters will have a chance to go even further in November, if they choose, with the lieutenant governor's initiative, said Evan Westrup, a spokesman for Brown. Um, and from there, it goes on to say, Today's steps in the right direction will grow into a giant leap forward for public safety. If voters pass the Safety for All initiative to keep guns and ammo out of the wrong hands, Newstrom said. Newsom is a real problem. I mean, yeah. he's been he's been a real problem uh, forever. But uh, look at this, uh, folks: firearm homicides by race, ethnicity. This is from 2013. You've got the now. Now, just look at this. Uh, Who'd we have on to talk about this? Colin Flaherty. Yeah, which we got a lot of backlash from that too. 14.74. Uh, now, you know what? I'm looking at the. Uh, uh, firearm homicides per 100,000 people. The majority. Look at that 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 center line right there. That's that that's Is that black, black on black. Crime? Black. That's just black. Uh, uh, firearm homicides by race or ethnicity 14.74 per 100,000. You've got white coming in at 1.39. Uh, you've got Hispanic at 3.43. You've got and of course Asian Pacific Islander at 0.94. So overwhelmingly. And you can see that right there on that chart. Overwhelmingly, you've got, and the source, by the way, is the CDC on this. And the, the, um, it's, I mean, the, so where are, the, where's the problem coming from? And it's not just blacks against whites, it's black on black crime too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I bring that up because it, it does have, uh, it does have relevance to this. But when you look at the, at the Republican Party, where, where if you associate yourself with Republicans or the Republican Party, where's the outrage in California? Where are the attempts to stop this insanity that we're seeing? Um, and it, this is incredible. And Oregon is not too far behind, folks. Because and they're going to be following suit with with respect to this. There's a story that nobody has been talking about from South Carolina, a nightclub in South Carolina. Yes, where there was a gunman who was going to concealed carry guy was going into a uh, not, night, not the gunman. Was, that is, I'm sorry. Right, the gunman was going into the nightclub to uh, shoot up the place and was stopped, I believe, by an off-duty police officer who who had a gun concealed and, carry, and nobody died. But you don't hear about that. Obviously, you hear about the, you know, Orlando massacre where the, uh, Omar Mateen went in there and, and allegedly killed 49 people, injuring a hundred some more. Right. But you don't hear about the disaster averted <coughs> due to a, a person with a weapon on them at yeah. the right place at the right time. That's right. Could have saved 50, 100 lives. Who knows? But we want to make sure that, that people know that People are saved by people who are carrying uh, concealed weapons legally. You can stop, and, and I would urge everyone who has the legal right under our laws to get a concealed weapons per, uh, carry permit and definitely carry the weapons, especially now, folks. As I said earlier in this week, earlier this week, and I'm going to have additional information about this next week. But we are coming into a time period where all of our civil liberties are going to be. Well, all of our safety, I should say, or collectively and individually, the safety of us and our families are going to be is going to be threatened. 
and you're going to see a rise in home invasions. You're going to see a rise in street yeah. violence. You're going to see a rise in murders. And we this look, is all being funded. We can look at Europe yep. as our, our, our future, uh, as what, it, what America will look like in the near future, as far as censorship is concerned, yep. as far as money is concerned, and as far as the um, what they're doing with, with guns. Uh, you you can't get a gun when if you live uh, in countries in the EU, um, in Paris, in London. That's right. You, you can't have a gun. But how did these some terrorists with machine guns run into the, you know, uh, killing people? There was nobody there to um, fight back. Even the police don't carry guns sometimes over there. And it's just insanity. Uh, gun control laws do not stop crazy people. It only empowers those people. And if people want to, you know, we talk about this many times. If somebody wants to murder another person, they're going to find a way to do it with or without a gun. I want to uh, also mention, folks, I don't know whether how many of you heard this or not. Uh, Mike Norris, who was on our program not too long ago, yeah. was, uh, uh, well, we that's kind of the way it looks. He was, Sunday he was in Florida, or this past weekend he was in Florida at the debut of the movie Amerigeddon. He flew to uh, uh, Columbus and to Dayton, uh, and he was meeting people at the various um in the, uh, yeah, ta- the movies. talking to people the after the right. uh, the showings of the of the video, he said that he likes the interaction that right. he gets and the feedback from people who watch the movie. Well, it, 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 in Columbus, uh, it's been reported, and True News had the exclusive on this, the initial exclusive on this. I was talking with uh, a number of people, including uh, Steve. And uh, by the way, Mike is recovering. He's fine. Uh, I shouldn't say fine. I mean, he's, he's to, as of he, today, he's his face was all swelled up yeah. and red. Yep. And now he's the son of, of Chuck Norris, of course, Walker, Texas Ranger. He, yeah, he was reportedly poisoned by a guy in a gray suit who walked up to him. Now, there was a uh, in, in 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 Ohio, okay, uh, and uh, touched his neck, and from that physical contact. A welt formed, and that welt then gave way to uh, these uh, puffiness hives and sores swelling on his face, as if he was dunked headfirst into a a vat of poison ivy. I I don't know how else to describe it. Well, the inside story on this, and I think True News had reported on what had happened he, he had woken up at like 3.30 in the morning uh, after he was mm-hmm. touched on the neck by this guy in a gray suit it was really kind of a freaky thing and um, his, his face was like on fire he took a mm-hmm. picture then he flew back to to, uh, to his home in Dallas he sought medical treatment and according to to Mike Norris the word poison did come up with 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 respect to the doctor, and the doctor was a very adamant. He said, "Look, it's whatever you have is not systemic. It didn't it didn't come from you eating shellfish, for example. It was limited to his upper torso, his face, right, and his neck." Which begs the question: When I first saw that, I wondered was the poison uh, administered properly, and or what, what did they screw something up to where were they trying to kill him? I guess well, was the, the, where I was thinking. Right. And, and did they and, mess and, up? And Mike Norris is not a paranoid guy. Anything but a paranoid guy. Okay. 
Um, he's a tough guy and he, he understands the risks, but he's not paranoid. So that did not jump into his mind. The fact that, oh my goodness, this, you know, I've been, I've been hit by this, you know, whatever. No. Uh, however, the physician was saying, eh, man, there's something not right here. Now, I'll just look. The um, He did have blood tests done, and that's all I'm going to say. And I, I'm not going to say anything more because I, I don't have his permission or anyone's permission. Um, but, folks, look, it's getting bad out there. And uh, when you are, um, when you're in that position, where you're, 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 and, and people might say, well, why bother with something like that? You know, I, and in fact, that was my first reaction is, is why not, if you, if you're gonna do something, why, why, why do, do it that way? Why not just shoot somebody? I mean, if that's your intent, why would this perpetrator not do something more lethal? Well, perhaps this is to send a message. I, I don't know the answer to that, but uh, he's undaunted by what happened, and he'll be back on the circuit again. Well, thank the Lord for that. Yeah, but I just wanted to make sure people knew, and uh, Gary Haven had uh, talked to Alex Jones on InfoWars, and, of course, uh, 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 Ed from True News interviewed uh, Mike Norris, and that was the first interview he did, and as of Friday today, he's he's much better. So. I want to touch on this story. I know we're coming up near the end of the hour. <clears throat> this is from Reuters. U.S. says it killed up to 116 civilians in airstrikes outside of war zones. And now, now stay yeah. with me here. Yep. The U.S. government accepted responsibility on Friday for inadvertently killing up to 116 civilians in strikes in countries where we are not at war. A major disclosure likely to inflame debate about targeted killings and the use of drones. Uh, Barack Obama's goal for the release of the numbers, which are higher than any previously official acknowledged, but vastly below private estimates, is to create greater transparency about what the U.S. military and CIA are doing to fight militants plotting against the United States. But the figures, which covered strikes from the day Obama took office in January of 2009 through the end of the very last day of last year, were below even the most conservative estimates by non-governmental organizations that spent years tallying U.S. strikes in countries such as Pakistan, Yemen, and Somalia. The numbers reported by the White House today simply don't add up, and we're disappointed by that. Um, that was from... Oh, uh a lawyer here, but they go on to say drone advocacies, including those within the U.S. military, argue the strikes are essential and part of reducing the ability of militant groups to plot attacks against the U.S. How are droning people in Pakistan and Yemen stopping the militants from attacking people inside the U.S., I ask? And two, uh, from a legal standpoint, the, the article starts out by saying the U.S. government accepted responsibility for inadvertently killing up to 116 civilians in strikes on countries where America is not at war. Now, where's the accountability? You, oops, I killed 116 people. It's okay. It was just an accident. I, I, I didn't mean to do it. How do we bring justice to these people? 
who are carrying out these atrocities. From the ones that push the buttons and take the orders to the ones that give the orders. Well, I'm sure that, that the theory here is that we target the individuals who are giving the orders or we target the I mean the high value targets are the ones who are coordinating strikes outside of their area of operation so there could be a command and control in Pakistan that, that is giving right, orders right. to people here in the United States and the theory is we take out that command and control then you you effectively neuter the operation here in the United States that's the theory now, is is that how and, it actually plays out? That's a different story. Well, you look at this, the story of Anwar al-Awlaki. Right. Which, who, which he was, we had him in custody. He was at the Pentagon 10 months after 9-11, but he was allegedly a 9-11 mastermind <laughs> who was killed in a drone strike, as well as his 16-year-old United States citizen son and his son's friend. So that was a case of us assassinating a United States citizen overseas. Yes, with a drone. With, a, I mean, now, and and a former CIA agent. And that's agent, coming to, to this country, too. But Paul Pillar, a former, a former CIA agent, says this. We're still faced with the basic question. Is the number of bad guys who are taken out of commission by drone strikes greater or less than the number of people who are inspired to turn to violent acts? And it's just so far from... Um, in my mind, that's so far from the point here. It's one thing, I mean, isn't it treason to carry out or drop bombs on no, it's countries or people where we're not, then there's no declaration of war? Well, well when, when's the last declaration of war? When was the last time the Congress issued a declaration of war? Was it Iraq and Afghanistan? It's a, it's a, uh, and then folks, before, we're, we're going to toss it to you. That it's is been going like to be. Years. It's been, World War II was the last declared war, was it not? Uh, let's see if we can get a good answer from the audience listening. Send it to studio at hagmanandhagman.com. When's the last time the United States actually made a declaration of war according or pursuant to the U.S. Constitution? Folks, we're going to be back right really quick and on the other side what about those united nations trucks that oh my goodness at least one radio personality mocked and said oh "Oh, it's just oh it's just this conspiracy theory what about that what's going on because suddenly the united nations is saying they're not ours more on the other side. You're listening to Doug and Joe, the Hagman and the Hagman Report. We're going to be right back. Stay with us on this, well, on this end of the week edition. Hang in there. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. 
exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, we are uh, tonight's this episode, the Taking of America. One, two, three. Did you get the reference to the Taking of Pelham? One, two, three. Just like that movie, the seventy-four, nineteen seventy-four version, uh, favored over the latter version. America has been taken over from within. Now, we have a job to get out from under the boot, the tyrannical boot. What we are going to be talking about as well for the next hour are the very issues, well, the boot. We're going to be exposing the boot and who's wearing the boot of tyranny. Because in order to take over our country from within, which has happened, of course, we have to know who the perpetrators are. Now you say, oh, wait a minute, we know who they are. We don't have to talk about this. Well, no. To, 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 when, when you're faced with a crime, we've got to expose the perpetrators and co-conspirators, conspirators of that crime. That's exactly what we're going to be doing tonight. So we're going to be talking about the various issues, the economic tyranny, the lack of freedom of, well, if you're a reporter and you want to video or take audio of a open meeting in a city, you just might find yourself in leg irons and handcuffs. We're going to be talking about other issues related to the suppression of the free, of freedom of speech. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about the TSA as well, mm-hmm. their treatment of a woman. The, the girl. Uh, the, a girl. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, and their expansion of, they they want to expand security to outside That's the right. airports, which is um <laughs> and, and I, I was I, I was during the night I, I happened to switch on the television and uh I was having a fitful night last night and uh, I was watching the, the uh, documentary about Hitler's brown shirts and how they came to power and I saw a lot of parallels in this in in, in the Hitler's the series is Hitler's bodyguards. But I saw a lot of parallels between the Hitler brown shirts, the SA, and um, right after, or as Hitler was rising to power, and of course the purge after that. And folks, you can watch it; it's it's a it's a pretty interesting series. But that's the tyranny, the taking of America. One, two, three. Before we get more into that, Joe, got a quick announcement from Hear the Watchman, Knoxville. Folks, don't miss out on Hear the Watchman. Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, just uh, under 90 days away. Enjoy the early registration 
special pricing of $99 ticket by purchasing now. The special of $99 per ticket will be applicable until midnight on July 4th, which they then go up to $139 a ticket. So you're saving $40 a ticket. Visit hearthewatchman.com. Watchman is spelled with an E, uh, W-A-T-C-H-M-E-N. Plural. Yeah, hearthewatchman.com. The guests there will be Paul McGuire, who we had on last night, you have Pastor Paul Bagley, uh, Reverend Flip Benham, Josh Tolley, Russ Dizdar, John Robins- Robinson, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. Uh, Here the Watchman in Dallas was just the beginning. Come be blessed. Get baptized. Spend the weekend with like-minded individuals from around the country. And here the Watchman in Dallas, me and my wife got baptized. It was a, a wonderful spiritual experience. The harvest has come. Here the Watchman Knoxville. Get your tickets by midnight, July 4th, at the discounted rate of $99 per ticket. Again, the offer expires at midnight on July 4th. Another announcement. I'm going to be on uh, the Common Sense Show. Common Sense Show, Dave Hodges, Sunday night. I spoke with Dave this uh, this week. We're going to be talking about a number of issues, especially the, the, uh, the elections, but... Um, well, it's going to be two hours filled with a lot of great information. So join me, won't you, on Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show this Sunday. And if you haven't heard, if you didn't hear last week's show uh, of Dave Hodges with Steve Quayle, it's worth a listen. Now, right before the break, we were talking about a number of things, but we left off with the U.N. vehicles. Remember? Uh, what's up with this? West Virginia. Texas, uh, Nebraska, right, uh, among a few of several states where UN trucks have been spotted mm-hmm. on uh, the yep. uh, MRAP UN type trucks have been spotted um, being moved uh, in mass. And of course, it was well, Virginia. They, they, they were first spot, spotted on route on uh, Interstate uh, 81 yeah. in Virginia. And why are they here? And of course, right away, you got a lot of response saying, wait, they're here because they were, they were constructed, mm-hmm. manufactured in, uh, York, Pennsylvania, BAE systems, and they're being, uh, moved along the interstates for shipment out of the country. And it sounds logical. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, however, digging the, de- and of course, then you've got, Radio personalities saying, "What a bunch of what a bunch of conspiracy idiots!" And spending a lot of time to make fun and to and to mock those people asking the question. Yeah, about it, that it, it wasn't just uh, call, name calling and uh, questioning fact, the, the, uh, the the reporting yeah. and information given. It, well, there was mocking. There, I mean. It was actually an open feud. Uh, I'm not going to, I mean, you can hear it on the radio. It was actually an open feud between Glenn Beck, who, who took it uh, to the airwaves to say, hey, Alex Jones, you know, what a, what a conspiracy guy. I'm not sure if he named Jones by name. but No, he did, and he played an audio. Yeah. Okay, which to, to me, come on. I, you know, what kind of games are we playing here? The, the facts are this. U.N. vehicles sighted on the roadways being shipped. What's the story? Well, when you start digging deeper, um, you, you find out that, wait a second, you know, we're not sure. We can't even, according to uh, 
um, all news pipeline, for example, and this is just one of several. They write mm-hmm. uh, back on June 27th. We published a story. Told you that UN trucks were spotted on the 81 in Virginia, and uh, warned why we believe they might be on U.S. soil to help Barack Obama's fight extremism. To help Barack Obama fight extremism here in, in the United States. Uh, now, according to this article, we also reminded you that according to previous documents and policy positions put out by this regime. Well, that refuses, by the way, to say Islamic terrorism. Uh, the extremists, of course, are Christians, are Second Amendment advocates. We all we know this. Supporters, conservatives, preppers, those who uh, can be considered patriots of America, and just about anyone else that this regime does not see eye to eye with. In fact, um, if you really get down to it, Donald Trump could fall into that category could be considered a terrorist by this terrorist supporting administration for his yeah. views on on the scourge that is Islam. I mean, look what's happening in in uh, the UK. Yeah, that's right. Now Muslims are offended by people saying the uh, oh, the oh, curse word. Well, wait a second. Wait a ISIS. second. Though. Wait a second. Let's not get off the UN trucks okay. here because uh, as as the research was done. The UN is now totally denying ownership of those trucks seen in Virginia on U.S. soil. The question is why? Does this denial help prove the premise, for perhaps, of a forthcoming UN takeover in America in an attempt to fight extremism, meaning you and I? The fact that the UN is a Sharia-compliant organization and doesn't consider Sharia as extreme is should be troublesome to all of us, including you, considering everything else that we're now seeing take place. Is Christianity now considered extremism? Uh, yes, it is. Is Sharia law now taking the place of, of, of uh, our democratic laws? Uh, yeah, I, I would say. But the fact that the manufacturer of these vehicles, BAE Systems, has a very lengthy history of working with the United Nations on, wait for it, global arms disarmament, global disarmament. So it ties into carry the gun ban treaty. Yes, yes, it ties into what we were talking about, about the signing of the UN treaty. It also goes, and think about the, okay, the... Think about what Brown over in California, Governor Brown did by signing these, uh, making it, or, or signing these laws where you want to buy ammo, you're going to have to be registered. You want to do whatever the case might be. So all of this is taking place all at one time. Now, put this against the backdrop of the election, or the, uh, uh, uh Republican and Democratic conventions coming up. And then the increase in violence, racial, Violence and other aspects of violence here in the United States. You're looking now, and the reclassification, don't forget this reclassification of people considered threats to America, more appropriately threats to the leadership current of the United States, and that includes globalists as well on both sides of the political divide. Now, here's something interesting I just found. It says, um, you know, this is not the first time they've seen UN vehicles in the country last year. Tim Brown with... Uh, Freedom Outpost wrote, There are a lot of stories that reported about United Nations vehicles being transported on U.S. highways. 
The latest comes by way of video footage that shows the U.N. trucks that seem to be attempting to hide their logo as they were transported on a U.S. highway in northern Louisiana. The trucks appeared to be brand new under U.N. medical trucks identified with red crosses. Now, in the article, it says earlier in the article that uh, a U.N. spokesman said that they could probably be owned by other countries like Afghanistan or Algeria and or one of the member states. Um, Possibly. But was the Red Cross logo? So you have the Red Crescent in those well, countries. R- right. W- yes. But you have yes. the Red Cross in the Western. Well, world. it's all about plausible deniability. It's, it's, I, I view this. And, and again, we're taking over the country from within while we are diverted elsewhere, we are experiencing this takeover. You know, imagine being on a subway platform or a, uh, yeah, subway pl- platform at Pelham and, uh, you know, everything's taken over. Okay. Uh, some spectators don't realize what's taking place. That could be many people here in the United States. But the, but with respect to these UN vehicles, and again, this is according to um, the folks at All News Pipeline as well as others. Okay, the the fact that the BA Systems, the company that creates the weapons of death and destruction, is working toward this international arms trade treaty with the United Nations. Folks, this should tell us much more than the UN or anybody in the mainstream media or anyone now considered alternative media um, could ever tell us because these UN vehicles are on U.S. soil. And this from the BAE Systems website. Now listen to this, okay? Listen to this carefully from the BAE Systems website themselves. The UN has called for the development of a multinational or multilateral, that is, arms trade treaty, ATT, of course, that would control the international transfer of conventional arms in an effort to tackle, um, uh, in an effort to tackle use of arms for terrorism and human rights abuses. Now, BA, BAE Systems is, in fact, supporting preliminary work on ATT, that treaty, in the lead-up to a negotiating conference to be held in 2012. This is back now in 2010 and 2011 when this was posted on the BAE system, on the website. We convene an informal UK industry group that is working with government, non-governmental organizations or NGOs to develop a strategy on the treaty. Now, they're one of two industry members of the British Foreign and Commonwealth Office ATT group meeting on a regular basis with government officials and NGOs to create, in this case, a U.K. position on the scope and content of the treaty. Now the treaty is here in the United States. Kerry signs it again, or at least commits to that treaty again. There's various iterations and refinements of these treaties, but, of course, they would have to go through the Senate, the normal process to be ratified, but that does not mean that the United States cannot act as if the, this is a done deal prior to any ratification. Then you've got the UN vehicles, as we said, and the reclassification of those who are against us. So are they, the power structure, the question must be, are they ready to, 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 to put the hammer down on us, the American citizens? We, the second, look, we're, we are, Running, time is running out mm-hmm. right now 
on the economic system, which we have news about. Time is running out on us being able to to float, to continue this um, economic uh, in in the same fashion. Money will become worthless soon. We're all living, all of us are living under this system. And this could very well be the last gasp, the last summer, the last Absolutely. This might be the last Fourth of July where we can actually, hey, the Pope say we're free. It could be last Christmas uh, six months ago. There you go. Now, the 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 more the, the more. You know, let me add this here because this is important. I had mentioned earlier in the week that uh, uh, I have my my there's a source within DHS that formerly within DHS that has uh, contact that I was in contact with and. Um, we're going to have a conversation now because of this individual's position the contact is not there's some steps that we're going to go through and and it's going to be done and and it's going to be done so i'm not going to tell you when but i i I can guarantee you that next week is going to be a, a very important week with respect to information from my source about these very issues Trust me when I tell you that it, we just can't have a telephone conversation anymore. We can't have a conversation inside a house or a office or a studio anymore, if mm-hmm. the you know without fear of identification. But getting back to what's taking place, the um, and, and talking with Steve Quayle, Steve Quayle pointed me Joe to his alert um, that is that, that, that ties into what we're talking about now. If you're not if you don't understand what I'm referring to, go to stevequail.com on the alert section. And here's the alert that Steve wanted me to read. And, and I read it, and I'm just going to read it to you very quickly. All the terrorist attacks, regardless of false flag or not, are totally working with the same idea. That is, setting the stage to con- condemn all forms of extremism slash sovereignty. And this is all going straight towards Christianity in the long run. We will be branded extremists, and it will mean nothing to the sheeple that the Christians are not the ones blowing anything up or killing anyone. It's just not going to matter, because we're all going to be lumped into the same category, which the Tavistockian language has already done that for us. The Mayak report already done that. The Justice Department, it's already accomplished. Now, back to the alert. Um, Brexit is like a macro version to demonize sovereignty in general. And, you know, remember I, I was having a, a problem contextualizing Brexit and thinking, well, wouldn't this be bad for the globalist Brexit? That's what that was my thinking, right? No, wait a second. When you, when you look at it in the larger sense and, and add context to it, Brexit is a macro version of demonized sovereignty in general. And in this person's opinion, the terrorist attacks are more of a micro hit or more to the point, uh, which is going after Christians. Al- almost all the terrorist attacks are religious in nature. Now, now think about that because that's an important component. And they're going to shift them from Muslim attacks to Christians being the problem, as idiotic as that sounds. But when you look at videos like Mark, 
uh, dice out there asking people what the 4th of July is about, and they can't even, you know, and, and they, they nod their heads in agreement to, to uh, Jesse Ventura being a founder of the country, a founding father, or some other tripe. We are in trouble because the the masses have been just totally mentally neutered. But the um, but, but the tactic is to outlaw Christianity through the demonization of the monothe- monotheistic religions. Rightfully, Islam. However, it's going to lump Christianity and Judaism in that. So, bang, there we go. And that mm-hmm. leads to criminalization of speech, which also leads to what I have up here. And Joe, I'm gonna, you can uh, talk about this with respect to the, um, uh, let me see if I can get to it here. What happened in, uh, that town in, uh, Fox 2 reporter replaced in handcuffs for attempting to cover city meeting. There we go. Yep. In the city of Kinlock. Yep. They hold a special <clears throat> meeting today on the heels of a Fox 2 investigation. And listen to this about uninsured and unregistered police cars. Yep. And they say that they're uninsured and unregistered because you know they can't afford it. I can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, anyway. you get police cars registered in private owners' names. Yep. As cab drivers, as private citizens. Anyway, <laughs> the meeting and our attempts to cover it are both in the news tonight. Now this was again from Fox Two. Yeah, we were following up on an investigation by attending a public meeting. Now they say this is a public meeting in which city leaders gathered to discuss the issues that were raised. Mm-hmm. The Kinlock police captain allowed citizens to enter the public meeting, but told me, this reporter, we could not bring a camera inside. I've told him, I've never heard of a closed public meeting. The captain said, "You will not be coming in, sir." He motioned to other citizens. Two, you two want to come in? Come on in. I said, it's a public meeting. The captain answered, no recordings, no video. Now, it goes on to explain that Kinlock is a small municipality off I-70, bordered by Ferguson on one side and Lambert Airport on the other. The Fox 2 investigations ran VIN numbers on police cars, finding one registered to a rural Missouri man. Another comes back to a cab company. Yes, Kinlock City officials told me they can't afford to buy insurance for their cars or the city. Hence the reason for the uh, uh, straw man registration. Right. And so they met to talk about it publicly. A sign on City Hall says no audio or video recordings of any kind is allowed in this building without prior written approval. Yep. As the reporter states, I went inside to get permission so that we could, so that we would not be confrontational about our intent to cover the meeting. An officer initially told me, yes, it's a public meeting, but the captain later said no. Either you come into the meeting without your camera or you don't come in. After uh, back and forth, he was put in handcuffs. And leg irons. Take a look at this, folks, right here. Leg irons. Now, here's a Fox 2 news reporter going into... Now, you have to understand this. To, To... Ask, hey, uh, this is an open meeting, a public meeting. Uh, I'm going to record. Is that all right? No. And the the guy at the door, you could see him say, "No, you have to take your camera out of here." And just for asking and not acting quick enough, 
he ends up in handcuffs and leg irons. Okay, this, Along with this charges. is a Fox 2 reporter right here. He was charged with disorderly conduct and failure to comply. That's right. With the September court date, he is out on bail. Uh, another Fox 2 employee did attend the meeting. City leaders talked about dissolving the police department but decided to fight through their financial struggles and to continue policing without registering or insuring their squad cars. But see, it's not even about no, the it's issue. No, it's about the censorship. It's, it's about the, that's right. It could be about, you know, the sewer system in there. But it's about, it's really what it is. It's about the, the stifling of the First Amendment. And, and this is what we're seeing. If you think for one moment that this is not going to be us, or you, or, you, you know, this is coming faster. It's already here, as you can see, but this is, this is going to be coming faster than you can even imagine, um, with respect to the, the censorship against the First Amendment. Again, well, you know, taking over one, two, three. There was a story on InfoWars today about the secret rules that made it easy for the FBI to spy on journalists. And um, if you go to Infowars.com, you can find it. But oh, we have it here Secret as well. FBI rules allow agents to obtain journalists' phone records with approval from two internal officers, far less oversight than under normal judicial yep. procedures. And these are classified rules obtained by The Intercept dating back to 2013, Govern the FBI's use of national security letters, which allow the Bureau to obtain information about journalists' uh, calls without going to a judge or informing the news organization being targeted. This is from the Domestic Investigations and Operation Guide two years ago, or four years ago, three years ago, I'm sorry. Yeah. Three years ago. Media advocates said the documents show the FBI imposes few constraints on itself when it bypasses the requirement to go to court and obtain a subpoena and a warrant like the regular procedures of due process uh, are, which protect citizens, including journalists, from having this intrusive, uh, non-constitutional oppression placed on them. You know, <clears throat> special rules for a targeted um, populace, especially the journalists. As you see with the example that Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch as Secret Service and FBI agents ordered the press corps, people from ABC News, NBC News, MSNBC, Fox News, who obeyed their orders not to, to videotape or take pictures of President, former President Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch's meeting to the city, the Fox 2 news reporter getting thrown out of a, an arrested and handcuffed charged for trying to cover a public meeting. I mean, the guy was a news anchor for the local uh, Fox News affiliate to yeah. this information about, um, and this is just one of many stories about suppression. Warrantless searching of contacts. I mean, DHS Insider, a source you had. Right. Go on. Be careful, but go on. Back in 2012, gave you some information. And again, he did a series of articles coming back with the information. He, now he, he's still in contact with certain people. I'm going to be under talking these with rules. Him. The FBI can and presumably have went through your phone records, went through your email records without warrants, without judicial approval and oversight. Look, go on. 
gone. I mean, because and it I could get as bad as, 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 you know, sneak and peeks. You know, they get the warrants where they can enter your house and leave without you knowing. I believe that they do that on a regular basis Look, without I, warrants. Back a couple of years ago, I reported on the fact that I had a conversation. I was, I was on the phone. I was on the telephone. Mm-hmm. I hung up or, um, uh, I was on, uh, there's an entire saga behind this, okay? Oh, it's more okay. than that. Well, yeah, and, and it's unfortunate. But the fact is, anyone who doesn't believe that the NSA, the FBI, is collecting uh, not just metadata, but actual telephone conversations and storing them is out yeah. to lunch, in my in my view. And and don't think for a minute that, that some little... Uh, and... and- while the oppression becomes more severe for journalists and media and whistleblowers and sources, look at the decisions that have been made by courts about Facebook, allowing Facebook to track users' internet uh, even after usage, they're off. Yep. even if they're not or don't have an account with Facebook. I mean, they're bending the rules backwards to allow these big social media conglomerates. Uh, censor news yep. that they disagree with or they deem hate speech from their own perception while promoting oppressive, tyrannical tactics that these social justice warriors, you know, are, are fighting against. But in reality, these, these social justice warriors are bringing about the Nazi Germany style policing in this country. Well, let me, let me warn you. They're the, let me they're warn the you foot something. soldiers. Let, let, let me let me tell you right now. Let me warn you guys of something. All right, you've got journalists out there. Don't. Oh, I'll, <laughs> finger better be loaded because I'm. A, all right, you've got journalists out there, or, or so-called journalists who who are supposedly well. We're the you know I, I am the picture of truth, and and what I say, if I report it, you can bet it's it's you know it, it's a hundred percent. I have my sources. You've got these these these. People who believe, well, the Freedom of Information Act, you, you'll get anything you want. All you have to do is file. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Look, I understand the Freedom of Information Act is a good tool to use. But if for some, think of it this way. If you are a criminal and you've got something in your house, document, a document, a piece of paper in your house that, 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 the court or the police or whatever is after and this is this is all you got right here and and there's a warrant to get this and you know the warrant is coming you can you can destroy this in a fireplace you can destroy this in a shredder and then burn the the shreddings you can bury it you can have your dog eat it i you don't can know eat it. Yeah. yeah you can but see they don't uh, people who believe that everything is on the up and up okay uh, have, have have rainbows and, and oatmeal for brains, okay, or dreams of rainbows, and it's just it's it's ridiculous. But the yes. fact of the matter is, is this: I I was the target of an NSA surveillance operation. Now, can I prove it? No. But when I hung up, when I had the conversation telephonically, and I was talking with a report, see, and these people don't give a crap about facts. When I was talking with 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 the with a reporter from Fox News, then uh, after that phone conversation was almost completed, call waiting came up, and I it was Steve Quayle. I was talking to Steve Quayle when I hung up the phone. I looked at my oh, there was a ring back. I looked at the phone, and there was an 
uh, Utah rec- uh, data recording center thing show up on the phone. I was a ring back. I picked it up and I heard a recording. Can I prove that? Hell no, I can't prove that. <laughs> I can't prove it. Except to swear out, you know, uh, 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 an affidavit saying it happened. So that's my word. But can I prove it? No. But see, what happens is, now, just to be clear, what happens is this. I'm not talking about anybody. Just to be clear, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. But imagine this. Imagine this scenario. Okay. Again, not talking about any. Disclaimer. I am not speaking about anyone. What would happen if you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to spread disinformation? And you say, well, you know what? I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to write, uh, you know, uh, a report, uh, a report about, uh, all about the UN trucks, for example. And I'm going to investigate this. And then I'm going to contact sources. And all the sources you contact are, are compromised or in the, in the tank. And you're able to report saying, well, that it's false. That report about UN trucks, you know, in the United States is false. It's overblown. Well, now. How can you be sure that's the case? How can you be positive? Kind of like somebody who would write a book about, oh, I don't know, Obama. Very, you know, Obama, the, and and have a listing of crimes or scandals associated with Obama, but only touching on the very issues they want you to see, while hiding the the deeper things. In other words, redirecting your interest from the topics that are important to the topics they write about. They are, the perception is, well, I'm a reporter investigative reporter and I'm going after Obama I'm exposing Obama but the real twist is no you are directing the readers of your book you're directing the readers attention toward not what's really important but all of the the window dressing and the fluff thereby protecting Obama mm-hmm. or whoever it might be that's the tactic we are seeing among so-called conservative journalists here in the United States. Now, you might think, well, how is that even, how is that even relevant? Well, because we've got sellouts. We've got sellouts because there are secret rules here. If you look at this, there are secret rules that make it pretty easy for the FBI to spy on journalists. And you've got journalists who are actually acting in concert with the people who are making these rules for a seat at the globalist table. That's what we're seeing here. That's why we are being captured from within. I don't know if I made sense, but the fact is we're being captured from within because there is a complicity. Even within the so-called independent media, there's a complicity here. And where the real truth, in some cases, where the real truth seekers, and and I like to consider ourselves real truth seekers. I don't know. Absolutely. We don't have a, I mean, can I prove we're real? No. But but you get the idea. I can tell you with a, the pure heart and a clean conscience that we are. Yeah, sure. So 
the bottom line here is the war is not only um, against those who we know are our enemies. The war is asymmetrical. There are there are people inside the gate, but even on the inside of inner circles of in, of, of of the the armies within the gate. On think our of side. Uh, like sleeper cells, yeah. in a way, only for you know working against us. And it's you know this system of of, of oppressing and and censoring um, news that is not wanted to be heard by the government, they turn around at the same time. I mean, the FBI, uh, we just covered about the journalist uh, not needing warrants to to spy on journalists, whether it's their phone records, email records, um, getting their sources, but they turn around and use this. I don't know how many people have seen this. The FBI asks agencies who responded to Pulse uh, to deny records request. Now, I don't know why they do this, but the FBI has asked law enforcement agencies who responded to the Pulse nightclub to withhold records from the public, according to officials. A letter from June 20th that the FBI uh, sent to the city of Orlando's lawsuit over withholding 911 calls and other records from 25 media outlets, including the Orlando Sentinel, also sent to the Seminole County Sheriff's Office with instructions pertaining to how they should respond to record requests. <laughs> the letter requests that agencies deny inquiries and direct departments to immediately notify the FBI of any request your agency received so the FBI can seek to prevent disclosure through appropriate channels as necessary. The Seminole County Sheriff's Office sent the Sentinel a letter Tuesday night in response to a request for documents, video, and audio recordings from the early morning hours of June 12th, the the night the shooting took place. A spokeswoman for the sheriff's office said the FBI sent them a letter Monday night and instructed us to forward it to anyone requesting records. So, you request or want a transcript of, of uh, or video or audio recordings from the uh, police and their investigation, the FBI has come in and said, no, you will not release any records re- uh, records of any inquiries in order to prevent disclosure. Disclosure of what? What do you have to hide? If this is exactly, if if what happened at the nightclub and what was reported by media outlets is what really happened, then why would they want to suppress any and all requests for and we are working on information. I mean, we have a lot of questions about what what took place at that Orlando nightclub. You heard, um, perhaps you did or may not have heard um, Judge Napolitano say that no one was shot, killed, or no one was killed. Judge Napolitano. Until this, Judge Napolitano uh, is recorded, and you can. Uh, uh, look, I don't. I I didn't see it live. I don't know. It, it, you can find it on YouTube where Napolitano said uh, that no one was, no one inside the nightclub was killed until the SWAT team entered the building. Now I don't know how that is even possible. Well, you know, I read a report where uh, within five minutes of the initial nine one one call, five police officers, a pre-tactical team, went inside and engaged the shooter. Uh, yes. As he went into the bathroom, and we're told to stand down until SWAT arrived. 
Well, so you know, we're we're not look. We're not being told the truth on, no. on what happened, and why there would be no reason there to, to suppress the public records and um, the letter the FBI is releasing. Um, is the media is saying it is adversely affecting their ability to investigate the shootings and bring the matter to a resolution. They also say the records could endanger witnesses and law enforcement officers involved in the case. Um, but lawyers for the media outlets argue the record should be released because there's a strong public interest in fully evaluating how first responders and police reacted to the most critical phases of this incredible tragedy, the lawsuit states. On Wednesday, the FBI denied the Sentinel's request for records related to the shooting. No, and we'll continue you're right. to do so. What's the, seriously? What is the reason for doing that? I mean, what what could what possibly? What is the rationale for doing that? I don't I don't get it. Their rationale is that it would harm. Uh, what the investigation and the witnesses and police officers involved? Okay, I don't know how. Yeah, nor but do that's I. what they say. Uh, in a letter, the FBI says they are concerned releasing records would adversely affect our ability to effectively investigate the shooting and bring the matter to resolution. They also say records can endanger witnesses and law enforcement officers involved in the case. I mean, it's just incredible. Um. Now, uh, Guccifer 2.0. You heard about him? Yes. Guccifer yes. 2.0 reveals Clinton expenses, clues on identity, and slams presidential hopefuls. Releasing a new batch of documents from the Democratic National Committee, hacker Guccifer 2.0 mocked allegations he works for the Kremlin, praised Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, and Chelsea Manning, and dismissed all the U.S. presidential contenders. The hacker revealed he is mail from somewhere in Eastern Europe and denied working for the Russian government. New documents reveal conversations about the Clinton Foundation and attacks it suffered in the media. One document detailed various attacks on Clinton by Republicans via Twitter on topics such as Clinton Foundation, health care, Iran, the military, and coal, with links to the tweets in question. Details of the Clinton Foundation donations were also featured, along with documents arguing that there is nothing unusual about presidential libraries and foundations receiving contributions from foreign governments. I, I Even though Clinton look, I, came I, I, out and decried the, she, <coughs> the, 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 the emails, Clinton emails, um, all, and this does tie back into that, that little visit, I believe, between, uh, Bubba and, uh, lynch mob there. Okay, I, I truly believe that the emails are in pos- the possession of foreign governments, in particular Putin. Notice Putin has been very silent about a number of things, including Brexit. He's been silent about the our domestic, and not that he's got to you know weigh in on our domestic uh, election, but he you know he's watching. But but I do believe. That foreign governments, including Russia, has copies, have copies of those emails that were bandied about on a private server, or on a, on a, uh, unsecured, uh, unsecured server. So, th- there's, again, we are faced with asymmetrical warfare from within, 
and by 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 people who are cloaked in sheep's clothing, and we are faced with obvious overt enemies from without. Now, let, 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 let's touch upon something else that's very disturbing. I don't know how many people have heard about the 19-year-old Hannah Cohen, a young disabled woman who her mother described her as partially deaf, blind, and one eye paralyzed, and confused mm-hmm. easily. She just had brain surgery. Yeah, as well. yeah. Well, she, well, she she was beaten. Can you believe this? Beaten by TSA agents after her flight home. Now she after. was there. Yes, she was returning home to Chattanooga after receiving treatment for a brain tumor at St. Jude's Hospital. Hannah Cohen, nineteen years old now. She was returning home after receiving her final treatment for the brain tumor. And in this trip back from St. Jude's, that was one of many. I mean, she's been flying back and forth for years now. But instead of being able to celebrate the completion of her treatment, Hannah Cohen and her mother were subjected to rough handling and treatment, inexplicable treatment from TSA and its agents, as well as the local cops in Memphis. 19 years old. She, well, what started? She apparently set off a metal detector at TSA. I don't understand that. Well, well, hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Somehow, okay, she she set off a a TSA metal detector. Okay, now she, she was being led, apparently there there was a hop in between here, so she was being led away for additional screening, or something happened here, or she was on her way home. Okay, 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 that makes sense. And and, and sorry about that, I should have made that clear. Uh, but she she was she saw a metal detector. She was led away for additional screening, and then that's when things took a, a just a huge left turn. Her so mother, she's deaf. Well, part she sets off yes. a metal detector, yeah, yeah. unknowingly. Probably continuing to move, uh, a TSA agent probably yelling. She's not responding because she's deaf. And well, how it she, gets from there? She to- was reluctant. She didn't understand why they wanted her for a secondary screening. Okay, again, you have to understand she's not a hundred percent. So, so Hannah's mother, she attempted to act as a go-between between the TSA agents and her daughter, and she said, "Look, my daughter's." partially deaf, partially blind. She's easily confused, and, and she's undergoing treatment for a brain tumor. But instead of listening, what the, what the police actively sought to keep her separated, the mother and daughter separated. So, yeah, you can't see your daughter, and, and of course, you can't help her out. Now, obviously, Hannah was confused and terrified. What, she, what happened was she attempted to break free from the grasp of the agents, so the TSA agents then took this disabled young woman, threw her to the ground violently. She was trying to get away from him because, yeah, what, what kind of treatment is that? And the next thing, next thing you know, one of them had her, had her down on the ground and her head smashed on the floor. off the ground, blood yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Handcuffed. The, yeah. There was blood everywhere. Thrown in jail. Yeah. Later to be released. Well, right. The young woman who was simply, again, coming home to what should have been something victorious after completing a final treatment, she was arrested and booked into jail, compliments of the police department. And her mother, you know, uh, none too happy about this either. All right. Uh, she was handcuffed 
and she was booked in, in jail. If you look, uh, there are you you can just do a search on this. There are heartbreaking photographs of her on the internet. I mean, heartbreaking. Now the TSA, the authorities later threw out the charges. This according oh. to WREG, but the Cohen, Cohen family has filed a lawsuit against the Memphis airport, the airport police, and the TSA. And, and this brings up another part of the conversation. We need to hold the airports and airlines accountable for these, in this case, the brown shirts, the TSA uh, into, uh, parties. If we put the hurt on, in my view, if we put the hurt on the airlines... If we put the hurt on the airports, we can we can all make a difference. And as I've said before, one person complaining at a TSA checkpoint, yeah, you get arrested. Two people, five people, yeah, you might get a news crew there. If everyone says no, don't touch me, then we can we can enact change. You know, if these if these uh, uh, morons in the Senate and the House. If they, in fact, can uh, can have a sit-in for guns or whatever, my goodness, can can't we can't we stage something like this? If that's what they want to do, at what point? Who's going to stand up? My, my question is out there to to the audience: is who's going to stand up to these thugs? Why in the world are we still flying? Why are we allowing ourselves to be subjected to this treatment? Are there no other options? That's that's my question. Yeah, I mean, we hold the power as citizens of this country, um, and not only do we hold the power, we have the responsibility. It was laid out in our founding documents that we're supposed to be it's celebrating only, this weekend. It's not only our right, but our duty to protect what the founders had laid out for us. That's right. That's right. But I don't know what it is. Um, people are so dumbed down. Uh, you know, yep, they, they are, are so self-centered. I mean, we have... Uh, I mean, I, I just thank the Lord. We are so blessed to have the audience that we have with the amount of intelligent listeners that we have. But you just know, understand that this audience is we, the exception to the rule. Oh, yeah. If you want to see what the actual normal American is, go to your Walmart on a <laughs> Saturday or your local mall or an amusement park. And and hear that you know you ever sit at a restaurant and hear the people around you and, and the conversations they have and and just sit there and you think like, I mean, yeah. And uh, an example, and I say that because I went today. I heard there's a young couple. I went out to lunch with my mother-in-law. Took me and my wife out to lunch today, and there was a young couple talking about how because Bernie Sanders wasn't going to be in a, a nominee how the country was, you know, going to be destroyed and how we needed uh, socialism. Who said that? What, what, a young couple said that. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay. That's what I thought you said, but I want to make sure. And it, 
I couldn't hear the whole conversation and I was getting bits and pieces because I was uh, not trying to, obviously, I was trying to listen, but I was interacting with my family, so it was kind of difficult. But, I mean, the stuff they were saying, uh, the wealth redistribution ideas that <laughs> I heard from these people, it hadn't, I mean, and I had, I did turn around and, and look, they were easily in their late 20s, early 30s. But man, I mean, if we, if we did what they wanted to, or some of these, you know, people on the street interviews, that is your average American. They have no idea, you know, why we're even celebrating Independence Day. That's right. We, we yeah. They couldn't tell you who the vice president is. They don't, couldn't tell you what the Second Amendment is, the Fourth Amendment. They have no interest in anything outside of their own imagination and fulfilling of their uh, bodily desires, their the the lust of the heart. And I, I got to give compliments to to Daniel Duvall. Um, I'm in the middle of reading his book, Cheap uh, Nations. And he, I mean, we're gonna have him back on because I want to. We want to talk to him about. Uh, I mean, that book is is great, and I, I have it here on my computer somewhere. But uh, he talks about how you know he breaks it down from the heart, the soul, the spirit, and how each of these works. And uh, you know, the heart is the the gate to the subconscious. And he talks about how uh, he lays it out with scriptures. Um, he'll give a paragraph of insight and, and quote a scripture. And it's just amazing. I'm learning so much from this book how, you know, it, the subconscious is, is something that we, it, it's subconscious. What we're conscious of is things we know. We can think about them. We can talk about them. Subconscious is things that we, that don't come to the surface like regular thoughts. They're things that the heart desires. That's right. Well, Joe, Joe but, we're we're up against the top of the hour. Okay, okay. Um, and I hate to cut you short no, that's on this, fine. but that's fine. But I don't uh, have a book with me, so it's on the hard. on the other side of the the break, let me ask you, folks: Is your name on an ISIS kill list? You might be surprised. Well, there are fifteen thousand. Well, wait a second. There are uh, there are a number of ISIS kill lists in the circulation. We found a couple of them. We can't verify the accuracy. Of them now, some are posted through Islamic uh, language websites. There are fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand names on one. There's eight thousand on another. There's another four thousand Americans on a third list. And guess what? Most people in the alternative media, new media, are independent media. Are folks? Remember, right back. More on that later. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. 
Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Folks, to this final hour of the Hagman and Hagman Report, I'm Doug Hagman with Joe Hagman. Together, something I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. Look, you could be doing a million other things right now with your time than watching this show. We appreciate, we know that, we appreciate the fact that you are taking the time out to become informed. And we hope that we are good stewards, we are good triage managers of the news to bring you what's important out there. Because there's a lot of distractions and a lot of disturbing items here, but we want to thank you for joining us. You know, um, there, we, folks, we have, we have been taken over from within. We are a captured operation. I've said this from, said this from really the beginning. Um, (coughs) excuse me, the, the fact is, we have, uh, uh, and this is one thing I'd love, I just want to revisit just briefly here before we engage Joe again and, and go back. But if you think back to the 1950s, uh, Senator McCarthy, Senator Joseph McCarthy, and what he did, he exposed the communism, the communist infiltration in the government. Now, today, McCarthy, McCarthyism, uh, has become a pejorative phrase. If you read the book by M. Stanton Evans, Blacklisted by History, you'll see that McCarthy was right. Now, he may, may not, obviously, was not the best guy to deliver the message. He, he was fighting his own demons. But the information he brought forth was correct. Much of it has been revamped, revised to suggest, well, the guy was all wrong, and it was this witch hunt, and there's no basis in fact. But if you if you understand what was happening in the 50s, and go even into the 1990s, you had the archives, archives, and newspaper rooms being um, uh, documents and doc, uh, documents and items removed from the archives, from files as late as the 1990s, kind of reminiscent of the late Sandy Samuel Berger uh, excisement of the documents out of the archives. Remember that? Well, that was taking place place back in the 1990s as well. But when you look at the, the, the template that was used back in the 50s, you had McCarthy come out and say, wait a minute, we're being infiltrated, we've got communists in the State Department. And there were, that <laughs> was, that's beyond debate. Attempt to have a conversation with a Bernie Sanders supporter or a Hillary Clinton supporter about, uh, Senator McCarthy, about the McCarthy hearings, which are different from the House Un-American Activities, uh, hearings, committee hearings. 
remember, McCarthy was a senator. The House Un-American Activities Committee meetings, that was on the House side. A lot of times people fail, fail miserably to make the distinction between the two. The uh, uh, other hearings as well. But having said all of that, that infiltration has not stopped. Now you've got this communist, Marxist, progressive, Fabian socialist slash Muslim or Islamic infiltration that we see manifesting through people like Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, and uh, John Heinz, 57, Carey. <sighs> oh, man. Hang on a second. Eric says, don't do that. Those are expensive microphones. I know. I know. All right. But, look. <laughs> I lo- it says Eric. That's, hey, that's good ketchup, man. Don't knock my don't knock my ketchup. Paging Ted Brower. <laughs> yeah, Eric got Ted Brower on line one. And Eric got hit in the head this week, and it's uh, a long story. Yeah, well, incoming, <laughs> incoming. Uh, okay, on a serious note, again, the taking of America one, two, three, and and also. The, the fact that we are look, we are seeing little signs of, uh, we're seeing some cracks in the foundation. I kind of got an email here, uh, from Keith. Thank you, Keith, so much for listening. Thank you for being part of our extended family of listeners. Thank you for being part of our family. God bless you, man. Now listen to this because I've gotten a number of these emails. Joe has gotten a number of these too. Pay very close attention because this is, this is a crack. Did you ever see a plaster wall or, you know, think of your windshield or your car. You get a little crack, and then all of a sudden it grows, and then mm-hmm. pretty soon it's all over your windshield, right? Hey. This, Keith, thank you, this right here is that crack. Here, here it is through our studio email. That's studio at hagmanandhagman.com. Just go to Hagman and Hagman and click on the studio button. Anyway. He writes us, he says, I experienced something a little strange in my area today. When I went shopping earlier today and stopped by the bank to withdraw some money for to use for my shopping, the ATM at the bank was not working. Okay? At first I thought it was no big deal. You know, we all do that, right? However, going to a total of three different banks, the same thing took place. The same thing happened. The first thing I thought of was just a glitch in the system. However... I told my friend what happened, and he and I both thought the same thing, that something was uh, something going on, which leads to ask, any reports of that happening in your area? Now, Keith, I'm not sure where you're from. Here, you don't tell us uh, that. I would appreciate any thoughts or comments on this matter. I may be wrong, but I personally think that this is just a sign of things to come. Je- uh, Keith, you're absolutely right, because we are getting reports specifically from the northeast this is where we're getting it from the northeast and the southwest to opposing areas of the country basically or you know whatever you want to so if you if this is happening to you where you're using you go to let's like chase bank and try to use your atm and then you go to first national try to use your atm and then you go to second national and then it ain't working 
let us know. But we're getting reports of this. And again, it's see the concentration. Now, there are some exceptions. But the concentration seems to be in the New England states as well as the Pacific South, or the uh, Southwestern, the, the, the Texas, Southern California, um, that area of, of the country. But thank you, Keith, for that. One more, one more, and then I'm going to turn it to Joe for a couple of announcements and uh, some things that we have to take care of. Yeah, maybe I can, right? Maybe I can. Hang on. I know I can. I think I can. I think I can. If you're not, something, uh, uh, something is happening here. I'm. Uh, oh, wait a minute. So I gotta go this way. There we go. Uh, hate when uh, that okay. So I lost my mouse. No wonder. That's why I never used the two screen thing. Can I do that? Can I? Explain yeah, it? you can. You can do that. No, see, my see, mouse is on both screens. You have your PowerPoint phone. That's why. That's right. That's right. But anyway, uh, something True News reported, and we are getting many questions about this. Uh, Orlando's Walt Disney World may be target for 4th of July terrorist attack. All right. <clears throat> the information I've gotten so far, again, this comes from sources that, that I, known and trusted, and, and understand that phrase in the intelligence vernacular, known and trusted. That's the highest classification you can get when you're talking about sources, people, okay, known and trusted. In this, uh, the, the information I've been getting is this, and really from here on out, but it's on specific dates. The, uh, the, the Muslim terrorists that were brought in here through, you gotta go back to Bush. By the way, I don't like to do it. I mean, well, it, when I say I don't like to do it, um, you, you have to throw Bush in, into this, the Bush dynasty into the mix because Bush was part of this Islam is a religion of peace everyone let's sing kumbaya let's sit around the campfire let's let's roast a goat uh, let's have mutton what's mutton I don't know and, and we're all gonna you know we're all just gonna get along and everything is gonna be puppies and rainbows well that that started under Bush and his administration and continued in earnest and on steroids through the Obama regime, the renegade in chief Barry Satoro, the man who never saw a sausage he didn't like. Um, did I just say <laughs> that? What what's wrong with me anyway? Or, or uh, the the information I've been getting is this: uh, is beginning this weekend and going throughout the summer, you're going to see this escalation of gun attacks and they are going to be seriously they're going to be uh pretty horrific uh pretty when i say horrific i mean i guess that would that's redundant uh yes there is a, a considerable threat to all theme parks all loca- all places of any gatherings including Walt Disney World islamic attack uh July and we 4th. know the the Pulse nightclub shooter Omar Martin scouted Disney yes, yes. as a target, and, and there are more out there. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. absolutely. So uh, the, the Orlando attack has got many problems with it. I, I heard from our good friend Archangel, who's from another country who gave me information saying, hey, you better be looking into this, and I'm going to be talking with him um, in, in a very interesting way here about this this weekend as well. 
and getting more information. But, but folks, please be careful. Please watch your surroundings. Please avoid any, um, any crowded areas. And Joe, I want to tell you this too, and I'm going to announce this to the, uh, make this announcement to the audience. We were planning on going to the Republican National Convention to cover that convention as, with our press credentials. Mm -hmm. I, if you want to talk about this, we can, but I don't believe we're going to be doing that. Okay. The reason being is there will be a situation, there there will be situations where you may not, the people who are covering that may not be able to get out. Yeah. Another thing too, and I'm not, uh, um, but doesn't the thought of adventure of being in between Trump supporters and Black Lives Matter and Soros paid protesters and being in that mix of people with the <laughs> press credentials, the riot police in their gear, their, you know, non lethal sound weapons and, and tear gas. Doesn't Maybe we make, can be, yeah. be, you know, protected by the little, uh, free speech zone with our press credentials and be put in a corner. Well, yeah. It, w- or bring our own riot helmets, maybe. I'm going to bring my Nerf gun. All right. Because, you know, I, but, but, but one thing that does, I, I do agree I just have with, a problem that with that. When you see people like, um, when you see hardline establishment Republicans saying they're not going to attend, it's more, I, it, there is more than just a dislike for Trump. As a reason that these people are not attending. Remember, who who was that, Joe? Who was that uh, mayor or dignitary out in San Francisco at nine eleven told not to fly? Wasn't that the mayor of San Francisco? Somebody was told. Oh, oh yeah, not to fly. yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that? No, it, it was an actor, wasn't it? I don't know. Some somebody got the word. Hey, you're there's going. A, there's whatever. a don't 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 go. Rumor don't fly. that there was. It's dubbed. The, you know, the nine eleven Jewish phone call calls i don't know if you yeah i think it has something to do along that line yes well let me just say i got the word you know don't go in that in that same spirit now what am i what am i saying here something's going to happen you know there's already been like three or four alert arrests of it of attempted assassinations on trump just in the last month right two in the last week Wait a second. Do you have a? Do you have something better to put on? Because yeah, all we're getting is a white glare on that. There you go. I don't know, leave that. It's up your there. favorite. Your favorite lady. Just we. Okay. Yeah. Leave it there. All right. Um. Anyway. So, uh, Joe, you got a couple of things to. Yeah, we've got a couple of announcements I want to make. First of all, again, folks, don't miss out on the Hear the Watchman Knoxville conference. Uh, low price ticket purchasing office uh, purchasing offer now. The early registration special pricing is ninety nine dollars. That ends July fourth at midnight, where the price will go to one hundred and thirty nine dollars. Uh, the Hear the Watchman conference is in Knoxville, Tennessee. It is. Um, you go to hearthewatchman.com, folks. Hearthewatchmen.com. It is. Let me get the dates here. September 30th through October 2nd, you're going to have Pastor David Langford, Paul Begley, L.A. Marzulli, Paul McGuire, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, Josh Tolley, Flip Benham, J.B. Wells, Russ Dizdar, and more. you got 90 days until the conference. 
and you can get your tickets for a price of $99, the savings of $40 from the actual price. And you got to do that again for, uh, by midnight, before midnight on July 4th. That's when the offer ends. Um, and I, like I said last night, I'll say again tonight, I'd urge anybody who has the opportunity and time and ability to go, to go. It will be well worth it. Each and every one of the speakers there, uh, just fantastic. I mean, I'd go to Knoxville to see one uh, individually, let alone all these guys together. And um, if it's anything like Dallas was, it'll just be a Holy Spirit-led, uh, fantastic. And, and I urge, like I said, everybody who can go to go. That's hearthewatchman.com. $99 ticket special. Offer ends midnight July 4th. Also, American Survival Wholesales Independence Day special. Um, they are running an Indian. Let me get my notes here. Uh, Chance from American Survival Wholesale is running his Independence Day special, but within 16 hours of coming on our show Tuesday, he sold out. Now he says he will honor deals uh, for the original price for those who missed uh, the offers that he had in stock. But there's a catch. He won't be able to ship them out till July 15th when the product arrives at his Texas warehouse. So go to American Survival Wholesale. Check out their Independence Day special. You can still get it at the discounted rate, but it's going to be two weeks before they can be shipped out. And I want to thank Chance and his wife for their wonderful dedication to our listeners and to what they do to help people um, not only with survival products but with the Bible drive with the prayers and being such a, a kind person to our listeners. Amen. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's great and, and we're lucky to have so many great people on board. Uh, healthmasters.com folks, 5% off. You know, you know, before you get to Healthmasters, yeah. one more thing about American Survival Wholesale, Chance, Maybe you can come up with uh, the American um, Summer Special, freeze-dried, uh, storable, GMO-free hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even with the bun. Well, we can also use the uh, Miniman stove, rocket yeah. stove, to cook. And, and I'll tell you, folks, Miniman uh, rocket stoves are fantastic, and and that's something. If you if you go to HagmanHagman.com, click or HagmanReport.com, click on the link to the Minuteman rocket stove. You won't believe it. It's a high quality item. But yeah, I think we, on July fourth we might show people how that works. Yeah, perhaps we will. We got something special lined up for you this fourth of July, Independence. Were thirteen colonies back in 1776 when people, you know. Anyway, uh, I, I want to just give you a little bit of background here too. You know, imagine a Hillary, Diane Rodham, the Witch Clinton presidency. Just imagine that. We were talking about this, about yeah. doing a segment or an hour of the show from the perspective of a year into the Clinton so you you be, be silent for a year because we'd be, we'd be <laughs> yeah. uh, the well it would uh, be right at that at that cusp of you know this is the last broadcast yeah, yeah right well consider this and i don't know how many people know this but the, the relevance of this is beyond i mean this is relevant all right you know 
Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, uh, you know, her body, uh, double, or her body person. Bill? No, her body <laughs> person. Huma. Huma uh, Abedin. All right. Uh, imagine her in the White House. Well, well, guess what? How many people, where do you think she was on September 11th, 2001? Huma? Huma. Yeah. Uh, where was her husband in, uh, at White Wiener? House? I'm going to say the White House. The White House? No. So where do you think Huma, well, where Huma was, was? Was Clinton a senator in New York at that time? What, you thinking Monica Blue Dress Lewinsky? No, 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 no. Or am I thinking that? No, 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 no. no Wasn't no. Hillary Clinton a senator like in 2001, 2002? Yeah, and I got... Tied, or I got, I had to do an investigation that took me to the, uh, Buffalo airport and I happened to be there on, when she flew in during her stuff, she was campaigning and, uh, I couldn't get out. It, 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 it well, anyway. But, but no, folks, where was Huma Abedin on September 11th, 2001? And, and why should we care? Well, the why should we care will become obvious. Huma, one of Hillary Clinton's closest confidants, and and closest. yeah, the closest. And I wonder, you know, where I'm going with that, right, guys? Never mind. Anyway, she was working for an organization that the government, the United States government, wanted to put on a list of terrorist funders. Wait, what? Can you repeat that? Can I repeat that? Yeah, Huma. Huma, I, I just like saying that. Huma, uh, she, she she was working for, she was working for, oh man, on that fateful day, and she was working for an organization that the United States government wanted to put on a list of terrorist funders. Okay. Now Breitbart reported this. I'm not sure if it's still up there or not, but she was working in the London offices of the Institute. For Muslim Minority Affairs and the Journal for Muslim Minority Affairs publications, one writer called the Abedin Family Business. Uh, she worked there. And she worked in the offices as the assistant editor of the JMMA. That's the Journal for Muslim Minority Affairs. Now, these off uh, those offices were owned by the Muslim World League. And guess who ran that? Runs that? The Saudi run group with the Islamist, uh, Wahhabist leanings. The Muslim World League wasn't just their, oh, wasn't there just their landlord. There were significant ties between the organizations and the publications. This according to not just Breitbart, but, uh, the conservative tribune and author and researchers on both. Now, uh, this was also in Harper's Magazine back in 2004, but anyway, l- less than a month after 9-11, Newsweek had reported that two interrelated global charities directly financed by the Saudi government, the International Islamic Relief Organization, and the Muslim World League had been used by bin Laden to finance his operations. Now, I know some of you people might say, well, wait a second, you know, uh, 9-11 was an inside job and so on. I, okay. 
it, it doesn't lessen the number of potential co-conspirators. And and even if this was a uh, if if there was criminal conspiracy with some people in the know inside the government, that doesn't mean that that Muslims weren't involved. Certainly not. But think about this. So you've got Huma Abedin, the close confidant, and perhaps you know the uh, the. I'll just leave it at that. Huma Abedin, uh, you know, Clinton's extra special person working for these this organization that the United States wanted to put on the terrorist watch list, Islamic terrorist watch list. So you had Abedin, um, who's married to, of course, Wiener, um, and uh, of questionable, of questionable, well, there's a lot questionable, but nonetheless, she has direct ties to Islamic terrorist organizations, mm-hmm. and there you have it. I don't know how many uh, people know that. And, and folks, by the way, uh, speaking of Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton is front and center in the Benghazi deception. Please, if you go if you go to CanonFreePress.com, you're able to comment on my article, the Benghazi deception. Because the Benghazi, the the article is the Benghazi deception continues. It's all about Syria. It's all about World War III. It's all about reshaping the Middle East, the power structure, and Clinton is front and center in this. Which goes back to her emails. Which goes back to Clinton's visit with Lynch. Which goes back to it's the same people, same people, mm-hmm. all the time. So, a few uh, things I want to hit on. Um, First, yes. this something I read this morning. Apparently, ex-Pope Benedict released some memoirs. In memoirs, ex-Pope Benedict says, Vatican gay lobby tried to wield power. Former Pope Benedict says in his memoirs that no one pressured him to resign, but alleges that a gay lobby inside the Vatican tried to influence his decisions a leading Italian newspaper said on Friday, the book called The Last Conversations is the first time in history that a former pope judges his own pontificate after it's over. It is due to be published on the 9th of September. Citing health reasons, Benedict in 2013 became the first pope in six centuries to resign. And Tom Horn and Chris Putnam called that in their book Petrus Romanus before it happened. The article continues to say, He promised to remain hidden to the world and has been living in a former uh, covenant in the Vatican Gardens. Now, Italy's um, Della Sierra Daily, which has acquired the Italian newspaper rights for excerpts and access to the book, ran a long article on Friday summarizing key points. In the book, Benedict says that he came to know of the presence of a gay lobby made up of four or five people who were seeking to influence Vatican decisions. The article, Benedict says, he managed to break up this power group. Benedict resigned following a turbulent papacy that included the so-called Vatty Leaks case, in which his butler leaked some of his personal letters and other documents that alleged corruption and power struggle in the Vatican. Italian media at the first time reported that a fraction of... Uh, prelates wanted who wanted to discredit Benedict and pressure him to resign was behind the leaks. The Pope's diary, the church has maintained its centuries-long opposition to homosexual acts. 
But right campaigners have long said many gay people work for the Vatican, and church sources have said they suspect that some have band together to support each other's careers and influence decisions in the bureaucracy. Pope Benedict, who now has the title Emeritus Pope, has always maintained that he uh, made the choice to leave freely. And in the book, Benedict again denies blackmail or pressure. He says he told only a few people close to him of his intention to resign, fearing it would be leaked before he made the surprise announcement. But again, Pope Benedict says there is a gay lobby in the Vatican that was pressuring him to make decisions and to change church policy, in which he says that he broke up their power band. Man, that's a surprise. But I call our be surprise. Okay. But to think, when I read this story, you're talking about and you know parentheses the Holy Roman Catholic Church, the head of it, yeah, yeah. the alleged God, uh, you know, vic- <laughs> vicar of Christ, yeah, Christ's fake replacement on earth. Well, it, it is, is is mortal replacement, uh, man and man, yeah, or is, and they're talking about the, the word vicar, of course, the Latin power word. lobby inside the. the most known church in the and in, in powerful church in the world, but this is part of the taking of this country. Even though it, this is in in the Roman See or the Papal See, this is part of the overtaking of this country because you've got this um, this this Vatican initiative to weaken the Catholic Church and, and to to uh, distill their stance on homosexuality, and and, and pretty soon. Um, it's going to be again. A, 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 it's going to be a, a crime to talk about homosexuality in the negative. It, uh, there's so much more. Hang on, I, I, I want to just. Uh, I got an economic juice when you're ready. All right. Well, look. Last month, um, the the this country accepted uh, more than 2,300 Syrian refugees. Mm-hmm. That was in June alone. Eight were Christian, right? Right. Think of that. All right. So, so far this year, the total has gone well over the 5,000 mark. It's putting the government on track to Obama, uh, to surpass Obama's goal of 10,000 by the end of September. No screening. Uh, the, this set a monthly record for DHS's, uh, DHS and the State Department, which committed resources to streamline the process. In other words, they're using our tax dollars to get these refugees in quicker. And did you see Germany say that yeah. for the next four years it's going to cost them $86 billion to take care of the refugees well, that they've inherited? The cloward piven strategy, too. And, and you just it, it's, it's all there. You know, nothing new under the sun. But in Sweden, we can be thankful in Sweden. They, they've got this plan now. The bra- bra- bracelets? Yeah, I mean, so now Talk about women deterrent. don't have to worry, okay? Uh, yeah, women don't have to worry about being raped in Sweden. They're rolling out a new initiative that they're sure it's going to work. If you want, if you want to uh, announce the initiative, I'm. Right they're they're going to wear bracelets. Yeah, don't touch me, bracelets. It's going to say, "Don't touch me" on them. I'll make a prediction right now. Yeah, women wearing those bracelets will be 
by majority the ones who are attacked. Uh, I mean, you talk about insanity. You okay. may as well just put, an, uh, you know, just a sign no. on just you. say no. Uh, on, on, it, 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 you can't even make this stuff up. It, it, it's sickening to the fact that... I mean, uh, a whistle would be a better idea. <laughs> no, you know, what would, it would be a better idea is... Um, the the fact that or if we had no uh, abstinence, no, you know, you, you bring these people in who who are who are promising not to assimilate, who are right, who are Sharia compliant, right, and and same thing in the United States. You know what we're seeing in Sweden is going to take place in uh, some town in Iowa, and we're yes. all we're already seeing it. Idaho everywhere. Yeah, Idaho. It happened. And did to you that hear? Girl. Yes, I did. But go on. I know what the, you're going to say. One of the attackers of the yep. young little girl that was attacked by yep. three refugee children lives next door to the to the girl. Now he's outside playing with neighborhood yep. kids. Yep. She is inside uh-huh. due to fear. Uh-huh. Can't go outside while the seven-year-old sexual attacker is free to roam the streets and still lives next door to her. You, you know, not incarcerated, uh, not in any, um, you know, social uh, re. Uh, and the parents of the victim engineering the yeah, brain, but the but, parents of the victim were told to shut up and take it because otherwise next you're they'll a, be told to move. You're yeah. a xenophobic, uh, a racist uh, idiot. We're talking about uh, how old was the girl? Five. Yeah, she was uh, young, young, she was very young. young. Yeah, sexually assaulted by three. Uh, refugee children. Yep. And she is still being. She is is obviously a victim, but she's still being attacked. Right. By the neighbor who was one of the attackers. By him being able to still be free. Right. By him still being able to live in that house next door to the victim. Yep. Well, hey. Now, do you think for one second? If you and I, I mean, even if you 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 robbed your neighbor for for instance, do you think you'd be allowed to live next door to him? How come they can't get a restraining order? Well, if I if I uh, you know, uh, shouldn't these people lose their, their their right to to live in that location after such a horrific attack happened? <clears throat> this this little girl's going to be scarred for life from what happened already. Right, it, but, you but don't see, need to continue to wound and and the, to injure the, the and, and folks. You know, you might think that this is unchristian like, and I don't believe it is. But but the brazen nature of of the the Islamic uh, terrorists who have entered this country, and if, if you think for one moment, if if you are out there listening to this and saying what a, what a, you know, you guys are racist and xenophobic and and anti-Muslim. Yeah, you know what? I am anti-Muslim. Absolutely. I have no problem saying that because if Muslim teaches you that, that you can, you can, without any type of, uh, uh, punishment, you can rape, uh, you know, women and, and you can have your way with women and you can kill Christians and you can blow yourself up, then yeah, I'm anti-Muslim. But the fact of the matter is, um, we are seeing the laws being perverted and the rights. There are no rights of Christians anymore. There are no rights. Or very, they're eroding quickly. There are no rights of people who want to live free in this country. It is these, these progressive, it reminds me of Red Dawn. 
the original Red Dawn, when that really idiotic, wuss, spineless, mealy-mouthed politician, you know, uh, sucked at the teat of, of the invaders just so he could live, and he sucked up to, to everybody, right? Remember that guy who saw the original Red Dawn? That, what a pathetic what a pathetic puss he was, all right? So this is what they want you and I to be. Now, you might say this is not Christian. Well, the, you know, somebody's got to get out there and say this. Somebody has got to say, not today, not us. And certainly, folks, let me ask you. Hey, what are we, what are we, yes. Open the studio email, because this relates what, to what, what, what are we leaving to our children and our grandchildren? Okay, studio email. we got to make a clarification for us, Suzanne. And Suzanne. I want to thank Suzanne for sending this email. Okay, go ahead. It's uh, churches and programs involved in saving lives. Now, I think she kind of takes us to task a little bit with love, but um, I think it's a... Uh, uh. To, um, most, if not all, of your guests are not informed about the churches and ministries providing alternatives to abortion. Instead, blame the church for not getting involved. We are involved in saving more lives every day. Well, that's fantastic, Susan. Okay. These outreach ministries approaching the heart of the matter, the person making the choice with the gospel and with the alternatives, adoption, support, etc. Please, for the love of God, get your facts straight. You will maintain your credibility among your Christian audience. Irrespective of the rulings, abortion is a personal choice. Okay. By approaching the women who wish to make the choice and educating them and giving them the gospel, it is a heart issue. The more mothers who choose life, the weaker the system becomes. And she's talking about okay, the I'm, I'm not system. sure. What facts do we have to get straight? Uh, no, I think what she's saying is she's hearing us and our guests constantly attack the church for not doing what they're supposed to do while she's saying, here, I'm involved. And she gives a link to a website okay. about a pro-life okay. outreach. But, Susan, there are people like Pastor Flip Benham or Reverend Flip Benham, Coach Dave, uh, and many others who are out there in front of abortion clinics every day. And the only churches we blame are the ones that do nothing. Okay, yeah, and the, the, thank you, Suzanne. And her web, the website she gives out is a Calvary Chapel pro-life outreach okay. uh, page. And, and you're right, Joe. And Suzanne, you're not wrong. You, you are absolutely correct. However, um, more churches today, the seeker-friendly, prosperity-based gospel churches, are saying, well, we're not going to get involved in that subject. Coach Dave Daubenmeyer, he he put out a a video, I think it's like two minutes or one minute video, I don't know, it was about five weeks ago or four weeks ago, looking for someone else or everyone else. I I don't recall the exact title, where he would call a pastor, say, hey, you want to come with me and we're going to, we're going to, stand in front of the abortion clinic and attempt to dissuade women or educate women. Right. It's not about protesting okay. abortions. Right. It's about saving children. Right. But but the, the the pastor of that particular church was too busy. Never when he contacted, now can't do it today, whatever. But see, the, the problem is this. That the, and again, Suzanne, this is not, we're not talking about you. We're not, that the problem is the churches, the Christian groups, and the Christians who would rather sing louder as they are in their church mm-hmm. service over the clickety-clack of the rails 
of the trains going over the rails that are carrying the Jews to the concentration camps rather than get out of their pews and to get out there and stop the train and grab the Jews and save the Jews, or at least make a stand. No, they would turn the music up no, so they didn't have right. to hear the trains. They would sing louder so they didn't have to hear the screams of the Jews and the cattle cars being taken to their concentration camps. Those are the people, those Christians, who say, well, I'm a Christian because I did attend church service, but we don't talk about the sodomite, the sin of the Sodom, uh, of the sodomite. We don't talk about uh, things like abortion clinics. We, you know, we can't... Right. And, in, so, and you talked about, the, you taught yeah. me this, you know, the opposite of, of hate the opposite of love, love is, is not hate. It, it's indifference. It is indifference. And the Bible yeah. is very clear about that. And Jesus speaks about that in Revelation. But, he says, I'd rather you would be hot right. or cold, but because you are lukewarm and indifferent, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Exactly. But but He'd but, rather you be pro-abortion than do nothing or, and be indifferent about it. Th- there is a revolution brewing in this country. There's a civil war brewing in this country. They are not, I mean, there are two separate things. I understand that, but but understand they're both brewing and they're being fomented by the powers behind the curtains. Now, what is taking place as well, there's also this um, emasculation of the, of, the, of the man. And I got a lot of emails about this saying, well, you can't blame somebody, you know, chemical castration and, and what's happened to us through uh, vaccinations and all this. Well, wait a second. Okay, to, to the guys who still have uh, manberries out there, okay, if you, if you still got manberries, and if they're brass, then take them with you and find your intestinal fortitude and let's make a stand as men and as Christians and as leaders of our families and as protectors of our families. Let's make a difference. Let's give Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer a call and say, Coach, put me in the game. I'm ready to play. Yes, there's a song like that. Okay. Let's take up the mantle of leadership if you are a man out there and if you're a Christian man listening to this let's do something let's go out and make a difference we're trying to make a difference through informing and inspiring and educating and getting the word out and whatever we can possibly do this is what we're trying to do and every chance I get I'm trying to throw a monkey wrench into the cogs of the new world order and of the the TSA goons and of the Mm-hmm. The, the, the people who are not standing up or the, the enemies of freedom. I'm doing everything I possibly can, but we need more players. We need we need more people to get in the game. Mm-hmm. Don't say you're a Christian and then spend all of your time cutting up other Christians or, or sniping at other Christians because, well, you know what? That's not really the way to do it. Okay? Because there are plenty of you guys out there. You're a dime a dozen. You're nothing. All right. Anyone, anyone can take that job. So let's do this. Let's rock. Saddled for battle. Let's get in the game. And you know what? We're going to be victorious because we know how this story ends. But then there are people out there who are isolated, who are confined, um, who are disabled, and think to themselves, well, I can't do these things. But you know what you can do? You can 
let your ideas about better ways to reach out to these people be known. Yeah. You can join. I mean, one great thing about the internet is the advanced ability and spreading of information. And another thing is the connectivity. And I'm not talking about the, the Facebook social media connectivity. I'm talking about the ability to set up chat rooms, to uh, find like-minded people, to have Bible studies for people who only have the Internet to with and the ability to connect with other people through the Internet. That's right. I mean, there there is no... Do something. I mean, every and anybody has the ability to impact and make change. It's we the do. fact of... of, of putting in the effort and trying that's where it starts are you going to fail maybe and if you do I mean, you if get, we, get your butt back up again dust yourself off I mean I watch every show, show we sit here and, and fail say, a lot of times yeah. when as a kid alright and, and I and, and it might sound mean but I grabbed him by the scruff of the neck put his him back up you know made him dust, dust himself back off and get back in the game go back yeah you ain't done yeah but anyway I mean I uh, you talk about Backsliding. I there should be a crown I wear for that. <laughs> yeah, we don't even want to get into the backsliding, but but we, you know what we all we all have but you know what? stages of we have to look forward and we have to understand. And Paul McGuire talked about it yesterday about our intentions, our motives, in what we do and why we do things, and they have to be pure. We can't have an agenda of well, I'll participate in this. Um, Bible study or I'll help feed this group because I'm going to get this out of it or that out of it. It has to be out of love for your your fellow human being. <clears throat> and just to 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 be a part of uh being able to help somebody and the the joy that you get from that. That's right. Not because yeah. it'll make you look good to your friends or to who, you know, there has it has to be pure you have to do it for you have to be selfless in your there you actions go. there you go selfless and that's the only indeed. way to do it i want to hit this piece before we run out of time mark faber all paper currencies are doomed all pay, and this is on uh, cnbc.com all paper currencies are doomed thanks to central bank policies around the world said mark faber editor of the gloom boom and doom report they are all going to become worthless because of money printing. In other words, the purchasing power is going to t- diminish continually as it has diminished over the last hundred years. Faber, known as Dr. Doom, said in an interview with CNBC's Power Lunch Friday, The bare exit vote last week means even more money printing in the UK, Japan, and the US, he said. Therefore, he expects the dollar to go down against gold, silver, and platinum which he believes are going to vastly outperform the U.S. stock market. Notice how after the the Brexit, we saw almost a 1,000-point downturn on the Dow. Well, it it went back up above 1,800 this week, showing the absolute delusion of some people and the uh, desperation of the government to prop this up. Home prices are down 4%. In sales, uh, or the value of home prices, are, are said to have dropped another four percent in the coming month. Food prices, 
One economist this week warned 395% increase in food prices in America. Others just said it would be double. Look what's happening in Venezuela. Why are we not hearing about the food lines in Venezuela? Because they've turned into riots. They've turned into... It's turned into chaos. It's, it's coming here. It's coming here. They don't want you to see exactly, no, exactly what the, they don't want you to see. That's why we're not hearing reports about no. people waiting 14 hours in line for a bag of rice or diapers. That's why it's silent. But see, but, but see, if you're a Christian out there and you and you, you say prepping is just lacking faith in God, well then shame on you, because I'll tell you something: if you don't believe in it, um, or if you think you're going to be out of here, or whatever the story might be. Maybe that could be left for your neighbor. Exactly. Or and when it says in the Bible, care not about what you're going to eat tomorrow, you can have that same mentality while prepping. Because what my yeah. dad just said. I mean, I mean, are you sit so here and worry? Right. It, it, it's about, it's a mentality is what I take away from it. And, you know, we can't be so worried about our needs. We have to have faith that the Lord will provide. But if we're in a position to provide for others, we are called to do so. And it says those who do not provide for their own families are worse than infidels. Those who do not work do not eat. And it also talks about preparation in the Bible. The parable of the talents. You have um, the the ten virgins and the oil. The five wise virgins. Yeah. Yeah, and, and those stories are there for a reason. That's right. Don't prepare to think that's going to be your, salv- your saving grace in the tribulation times. Prepare so you know that if you're alive and remain alive and, and are able to uh, stay alive, that you have it to help your family and others. We have to get out of the, the selfless, selfish mentality. Yeah. We have to get out of the flesh carnal mentality. And when we look at things from a spiritual perspective, the whole perception changes. But that doesn't come overnight. That comes with work. That comes with prayer. That comes with walking in obedience with the Lord. And people need to, to take care of that. Because we are going into times, as John Kerry says, we're not in a frozen nightmare. <laughs> well, yes, we are, John Kerry, and it's not frozen. It's getting worse every day. John Kerry says this as he's defending Obama's administration's geopolitical record. The Secretary of State laid out a vision of an America that is globalist, engaged, and deeply interventionalist. Have now, you, like folks, have you ever heard ago? this? I mean, have you ever heard the, the globalist no, mantle no, no. and the yes. nationalism mantle conspiracy so much? I mean, conspiracy theorist, if you believe in globalism. Right. That's what right. I've heard Well, for most of my life. So everything there's no we're such seeing thing is as a new world order. Right, of course not. There's there's no such... Yeah. Okay. Folks, I, I just want to take two minutes here real quick uh, as we as we uh, close the program out. I just... There, there's something that's on my heart. I just want to say to each and every one of you, come here, come here. Um, you know, this Fourth of July. I don't want this to be our last Fourth of July. I don't want this to be our last Independence Day. I'm going to say that. I'm not talking about the life as we know it being over. I'm saying it. I'm saying it that I don't want this to be our last free, 
Fourth of July. The last time we're able to speak freely. The last time we're able to speak without being uh, afraid of being um, uh, arrested. When you are at your parties, your picnics, your barbecues this Fourth of July, pray first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Pray. Be grateful. Be great. That's right. But also know why. Know why you've got the day off of work, if you do. Or know why we're celebrating the 4th of July. Now, you might say, well, America is not a Christian nation. It wasn't founded. The Christian the forefathers not. Okay. Okay. Maybe, I even agree with right. some of that. Yeah, but maybe the, you're right. The The citizens were... Right. America, yeah. as we know it, aside from our elitist, satanic, globalist leaders, was a Christian nation. And still can be. We, what we need to do, I think, is we need to help as many people as possible understand where we're at, why we're here, and where we, what we need to change in order to affect where, where we're headed. And, and let's take this opportunity, this holiday weekend, to do just that. Join us on for a special Fourth of July program that we're cooking up for you now. <laughs> and folks, also, under, I'm going to be on the Common Sense Show on Sunday night for two hours with Dave Hodges. I am also have something planned this weekend. Hopefully, we'll bring fruit of information next week. I believe it will. And then also, as well, if anything does happen, please look at our website, hagmanreport.com. That's hagmanreport.com. And for instructions in terms of how you can hear what we've got to say about whatever might be happening. This is a dangerously explosive weekend if you're a Christian, a conservative, or even an American. Stay safe. Keep your eyes open. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. We'll see you back here on July 4th on Monday. You guys are great, by the way. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com.